get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back to episode 220 of the What Up, Though podcast. Yeah, yeah. And today, um, it seemed like it took way too long to have this guest, um, but 220 episodes later, we finally got Delvin Cox from the Delvin Cox Experience. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on, brother. What up, though? What up, though? So we're uh, we're recording on um, a Sunday, which is our, not our normal day, but... Some things kind of got crisscrossed, and we decided to make the most of the time. So here we are. That was a very good "what up" though, by the way, Delvin. Yeah, that was that was really authentic, Delvin. That was that was yeah, cool. felt very, very I, yeah, I, very. I, I, very I felt authentic. like you, I felt like you was like you know somewhere on Six Mile and like. Yeah, did not feel forced. It did I, not feel forced. You can tell I listen to this podcast incredibly a lot. And it's much <laughs> your, your fanship is definitely much appreciated, man. Definitely much appreciated. So for the people that don't really know you, uh, Delvin, and they should because we've mentioned you a few times, we've shared your podcast, and we've actually been on your podcast. Uh, give us some the deets about you, uh, about your podcast, and anything else you want to share. I am Delvin Cox, host of the Delvin Cox Experience. I guess you can call it a podcast about diversity because I have any and everybody on there just talking about different out- outlooks of life and things like that. Which has always been a cool thing. I've always been the type of person who likes to hear everybody's opinion, even if they don't deserve an opinion. <laughs> so <laughs> that's always been my thing. Like, hey, I'll I'll gladly hear anybody out, no matter who it is, because I like I like the conversation. So that's kind of what my podcast is, just the conversation and stuff like that. I'm from Miami, home of Uncle Luke, Rick Ross, Trick Daddy, Trina. I only listen to one out of <laughs> out of six of those people. <laughs> And you can probably figure out who that is. Well, trick, trick. Is it DJ Khaled okay, from there too? Daddy. Oh yeah, he is from he is from there. They all fuck with Khaled. Um, Khaled's weird because I can, we kind of if you're if you like homegrown, but you kind of seen Khaled come up from this local DJ. So he was an uh, actual DJ, right? He actually yeah. was a DJ. He was okay. actually a DJ, like a local DJ that nobody really kind of knew except Miami. To this big thing that he is today, like it's it's amazing to watch it. Like even Rick Ross, for that matter. Like I forgot that he was in a, like a a Trina video. That's like who was his break. Uh, like, I, I, I I definitely never recall his his origin. Yeah, he he first came up in a, a random Trina video, like rapping a verse. I'm like, damn, that's Rick Ross, and he didn't even sound the same. <laughs> and then you like looking back and like, dang, these guys are like like well known in hip hop culture. They are part of hip hop. And it's crazy to think that they come from Miami because usually I know how the, the thing about Miami, when you think when people think of Miami and hip hop, they think of two live crew, probably the Poison Clan. And that's about it. Maybe Trick and Trina, depending on how yeah. old you are. But they don't really think about like hip hop, hip hop. Nah, well, that, that's mm-hmm. true. Nah, that's true. <laughs> I have no rebuttal. That's, that's yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So. It's uh, it's funny. He's like, you didn't name not a not a movie star, not a basketball player. He's like, I just got all rappers, nigga. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, because it's like Miami is such a unique place because there's a lot of celebrities that stay down here, but most of the celebrities that stay here are not from here. Now, are you like, born and raised in Miami? Yeah, born and raised. Um, what what notable actors are from Miami that you could that you could think of off off the top of your head? Gloria Stefan. Um, shoot, ain't, ain't that many really from Miami? I can think of off the top of my head. There's, there's a few. Um, TJ EFN. I don't know if you know who that is. Who's that, was that? Dude from Drink Chaps? Yep, he's from he's born and raised from Miami. Um, oh, okay. See, like that's the thing. A lot of people ain't. Udonis Haslam, of course, is from Miami, but a lot of like a lot of football players are from Miami. Like Deion Sanders is from Florida. Um, Michael Irvin, I think, is from Florida. It's a lot of football players that are from Florida that went to UM and stuff like that. But they're not necessarily like Sean Taylor. But you don't really think of celebrities from Florida and Miami and stuff like that because most of the celebrities. End up they they from New York and something like that. Then they end up coming down here and just staying. Like J Lo has a house here. Diddy has a house here. Sylvester Stallone has a house here. A lot of celebrities. Will Smith has a house here. A lot of celebrities have houses here. I mean, people move there, but yeah. you know, I get that. You know, the migration of somewhere warm, oh, oh, bunch of old white people and shit and yeah. stuff like that. So I Google, I did a famous people from Miami, and so the first six people to come up are Eureka Inglases. Jason Derulo, Boo. Flowrider, Boo. Trick Daddy, Vanilla Ice, yeah. and Pleasure P. Yeah, you just, you just proved my point right there. <laughs> All those answers you said proved my point 100%. Like, Oh, shit. So, okay, so I did another search. Uh, the Rock is from Miami. Yes, he is. That's the, Didn't know that's, that. By far the biggest celebrity from Miami. Well, I was than... I, I was gonna say I was gonna ask if he was from Miami because I know he went uh, to Miami, but I was like, I thought he was like uh, born somewhere else though. Yeah, he, he's Samoan. He, I think he was born in. I want to say he was born in Miami. Uh, I know he lived most of his life in Miami. Okay, so he's he's the biggest celebrity from Miami essentially. All right, so I said but, no. He was born in California. There you go. Yeah, okay, he's born in California, list. but it says yeah. he's billed as being from Miami. Okay, this is like this when he like, would come out in the WWF and shit. Sorry, I keep nah, cutting this, you off. <laughs> no, 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 you good. I, I was cutting you off, but I think this list I got sucked because they said Pharrell is from Miami. And I don't think, I thought he was from like Virginia. He's, from Virginia. he's 100% from Virginia. Okay, so fuck this list. Never mind. Okay, so uh, anyhow, I guess there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of random ass celebs, rappers and shit. Uh, I was funny. I was talking to somebody about uh, Flo Rider and uh, Pitbull and how they just totally said fuck like rapidy rap and they went to like the pop shit and just probably got rich as fuck. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. 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 They, they said <laughs> fuck like like Pitbull ain't <laughs> he ain't did a rapidy rap since he found white pants and he's been yeah. off since. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Pitbull does never have to do another rap album in his life. All he has to do is just—he probably has to perform like two times a year, like if if they need it for any Super Bowl or New Year's, and he good. Yeah, that's that's wild to say. I just wonder how, how did it end up being like them characters? Like Flo, obviously Pitbull is a lot more popular. Like Pitbull is like the motherfucker in suits and shit in concerts. Like I don't know how he got that. Like I don't know what happened that made him like the the Scarface of 
pop rap or some shit like and well, I mean like the it, drug dealer Scarface, it, not he, the rap. He got a taste of what that pop money was like and never went back. Cause he, do y'all remember that um that Lil John song he was on? That was like fucking fire. It was like before yeah. he got popping. He it was a lot of It was a song that had like the beat that was from um fuck, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was a movie with Marlon Wayans in it, uh back when he was like younger and he was on drugs and shit. And Pitbull was in the movie? No, Marlon Wayans is in the movie, but like the um the music from the Lil John song sampled the music from this movie, and Pitbull rapped on that song. And I remember I, I listened to that song. I was like, man, this dude got bars. He up next, yo. And then he was up next, but then he didn't continue rapping. <laughs> no, nah, he just said fuck that shit. Yeah, he because definitely said fuck that shit, and then just you know went pop and never came back. Because he is the perfect rapper for Miami culture. He's Cuban. He's a good-looking guy. He looks good in suits. He kind of, people think, when they think of Miami, they think of Pitbull now. Those party anthem songs. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. And he kind of found a niche, and he kind of stayed with that niche, and I think that's very smart of him. So was because, he ever hood? Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely was. I, I remember that um he used to go to the studio with my my friend's brother. Because my friend's brother was a producer. And I remember Pitbull used to stay in the studio with them recording albums all day. That was like his thing. Hey, uh, Mike, was that song Toma or nah. the Anthem? Neither one. That was the name of neither, neither one. one. I'm looking it up. No, it was yeah, a Lil Johnny song. But that's crazy because Lil John must Pitbull did a lot of Lil John songs and then just dipped from that scene. Crazy. Is that the name it was of- called uh wait, I think this is it. Uh Who You With, I think is the name of it. Let me see. Uh, I'm checking just to verify. But um, well, but why are you checking? Yeah. Um, it was no, it's called, I think it was called Throw It Up. I think is what it was called, actually. Uh, uh, I'm, still, I'm still trying to look, though. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, him and then Flo Rida, like, Flo Rida wasn't even good. And he just, I don't know, how did he catch on to like the, cl- like that Apple Bottom, whatever that, what the fuck that song was called? With the, low. Low? That was it? Okay. Yes, no. But it's because of that what Miami represents. Like, and Miami has that like the side of people that Miami of Miami that people see is that club life, and those songs represent that club party life. They don't see the other side of Miami that's literally like First Forty Eight <laughs> Miami that you see. Like anytime you watch the First Forty Eight, you're gonna see Overtown, Miami Gardens, or Liberty City on there. People don't see that part of Miami. They always see that old. Pitbull making a cool party song and we're going to dance all night and Flo Riders can make this cool party song to get girls to shake their ass and stuff. But there's a whole other side of Miami that people don't really even think about. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've definitely seen Liberty City on a few first and 48s. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. I'll put, it this, I'll put it to you this way. The best representation of the average Miami cat is Kodak Black. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. He is the best representation <laughs> of a Miami street dude that you will see. Ah, oh, nigga. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> nigga, that is fucked up. Yeah. God damn. Look at all that. Like, that's what you, you casually see walking down, like, in the hoods of Miami. No hey, shirt man, on. Hey, man, you need to keep, keep a strap, dog. Shit. That's fucked up. Oh, yeah. It's like. Hey, I would, nigga, I would, I would, I would cross the street if I was walking down the street in a cold. That black nigga started walking up. 
and I feel like I'm a sizable nigga, but <laughs> I don't want no smoke, dog. Yeah, that's that's kind of wow. that's kind of what you get. That's the feel of Miami in certain areas of Miami. Like you go to Overtown, you will see a whole bunch of cats looking like Kodak Black. No shirts on, walking the streets. Nigga, it's bad enough we got one Kodak Black. The whole town <laughs> of them niggas is just terrible. <laughs> yeah, and they they sound just as ignorant and silly. But they, a lot of times they be smart dudes. Like, it's just, yeah, I mean, just a trip. Yeah, I, I see. I see. I mean, I've only been once, and it was kind of, uh, uh, what's the area called by the beach? South Beach. South Beach. Fuck, I'm stupid. I had a few drinks. <laughs> what's that area <laughs> south of the beach? There's <laughs> only so many areas you can talk about. There's um, Fort Lauderdale Beach. There's um, Crandon Park. Was, it, south beach. It, was defi- it was definitely South Beach. Uh, when I went when I went last year on a cruise, we ended up staying there for a few days in South Beach. So it was definitely South Beach. Yeah, yeah. So, good times. Uh, the, so the song is called Pitbull's Cuban Ride Out. It's on um, the Kings of Crunk album, and it wasn't. It has the same beat as the Throw It Up song, okay. uh, but it's just Pitbull rapping for like a minute and a half. But like, listen to it. It was fire. I was like, Yo, this Pitbull dude about to be dope. Pitbull could definitely rap. Mm-hmm. Then that nigga that, no one ever knows. And then that nigga wants salsa, and then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Once you start getting that that different type type of money, it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this no more. I mean, but shit, if you rapping and you getting a certain level of money or a certain amount of money, and then you start doing this other genre, and your money doubles and triples and quadruples, why the fuck would you go? I wouldn't have went back to rap either. Yeah. Why should I he? get it? I get it. I totally get it. So yeah. Hey y'all, I gotta run in the house real quick, so keep chopping it up. But uh, I'll be back in a second. All right, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have went back to rap either, though. So yeah, why should he? Like, think about it. Like, Pitbull was never gonna be the artist that was gonna be like uberly respected, like Jay Z and things like that. You know, so. Uh, I mean, I think that's. I think that uh, part of awareness as any anything in life is just recognizing where you're gonna fall, and when a better opportunity comes, that's this not questioning your. Your your morality or whatever the fuck you know because no one really gives a fuck that he stopped rapping and started doing other shit like it's a thousand fucking rappers out here no one like oh fuck we done lost Pitbull to salsa like you know no one's saying that <laughs> yeah so you know he, 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 yeah like god damn it we don't got Pitbull what are we gonna do now like we all fucked up like nah so yeah I just thought it was interesting um but yeah that's that's cool so uh what. We start, I started asking you. So you was talking about Miami. Um, was there anything else I was trying to get you to share? Uh, well, I can tell you about Miami. I think my this is advice for anybody who goes to Miami because there's a lot of culture and cool places to go to in Miami that people kind of just ignore because they go to South Beach. Go to Cayocho. Cayocho has a lot of culture, a lot of good food, a lot of Spanish clubs that are really cool to go down to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting environments. Go to Coral Gables. Coral Gables has, always has something on the weekends that you can do with your family and stuff like that. And plus, it's a nice area. Okay. And things like that. So there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of cool things to do in Miami. But everybody just kind of goes to South Beach and just hang out there. Which is fine. And it's, first off, expensive as fuck, one, to just hang out in fucking South Beach. Um, we were tired and lazy. And so the only thing I really wanted to do, which I did twice, was go to Little Havana. Um I like that area. I thought that area was pretty dope. Um, but other than that, I would love to come down there. I would love to come to the lesser uh, tourist areas. I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily have to go with Kodak Black and his niggas hanging, but I would definitely like to go to the lesser tourist 
areas and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of cool areas like that in Miami that you can go to and hang out. Like, if you want to go shopping, they have Dolphin Mall, which is a huge mall that's kind of from the south. Then they have um, Sawgrass Mills, which is the one, probably the biggest mall in Florida, which is literally in the shape of a crocodile. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Okay. It's a uh. huge mall, a lot of outlet stores there. It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's a lot of cool, fun things always to do in Miami, in South Florida for that matter. But like I said, you got to just kind of take advantage of it. A lot of people don't come down here. A lot of people come down here and just go to one thing. That's South Beach. Let's go see what's on South Beach. South Beach is overpriced everything. Everything's overpriced there. You're not going to necessarily get the best service for things because they know you're going to come there anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, it, they, anybody can really look up a lot of stuff in Miami. We'll get back to the stuff about you. So uh, the podcast, you do a lot of stuff with diversity. Um so forth, uh, which is awesome. I, I know that for a fact. You know, you've done some some definitely good series that I've definitely one been a part of and to listen to a lot of them. So, um, you definitely, as far as diversity goes, I think you're probably one of the best people to actually do that out here. So, um, that's pretty dope. Um, so your father, yep. two kids. Uh, how do your uh your your little ones? My son is 14 and my daughter is 12. Okay, so yeah, you're a yeah, that's a that's a, a interesting age of kids. They just like they they kids get personalities young, but you know they start smelling themselves when they start getting to the teenage areas and stuff. So, uh, how, how do you how do how do you view parenting now versus like maybe five years ago when they were a lot younger? I think the cool thing about it with my kids, at least, is my son's fourteen, but he hasn't gotten to that point yet where he's like, "Yeah, fuck you, dad. I'm gonna do what I want to do." That's good. That's good. Cherish those moments. Yeah, he's still to that kind of like dad's still my hero and stuff like that. So that's dope. if dad that's doesn't dope. say anything, dad tells me not to do nothing, I better not do it. So that's a blessing because, you know, usually kids get 14 and be like, well, fuck you, dad. I ain't got to listen to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's not there yet. And that's good. And my daughter's relatively a good child. My daughter gets oh. straight A's in school. That's awesome. She's a little antisocial and I'm trying to kick her out of that type of phase, but Otherwise, that like I said, they're both good kids. Oh, that's that's dope, then. So yeah, that's that's def- definitely dope. I uh, I, I so uh, I have a stepson. He's twenty one. So I never had any young kids, and I don't have me and my wife don't have kids. And so, but I came into his world probably about ten years ago. So he's like ten, eleven. And so it was a weird stage because that was like when me and his mom started dating. But even when we got married like five years ago or so, he never it never was like a uh, official stepdad, stepfather. I mean, stepkid, stepfather relationship. So he doesn't call me dad, and I don't expect him, you know, to call me dad. But it was just a instant transition of just kind of being the nigga your mama dating to like your your mom's husband and shit. <laughs> but I just I just came back to the nigga your mama dating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we was he was telling me about his kids and they're pretty good, so we don't have no crazy stories about them. Now just telling him about oh I got oh I got some crazy stories. Oh, okay, okay. We get back I, I to that. Yeah, I'll tell you what those in a minute. Like, <laughs> okay, we, we get back to that then. Uh, but I was just talking about how I, there was never really a, a like a, a father stepfather moment with me and Nick. It just was, you know, uh, I felt like I was just a, a ment uh, like a, a I don't even call it a mentor or something, you know. But <laughs> I don't. It's a we have a weird a weird relationship. It's not bad by no means. Uh, 
but it's not a father son relationship. Which you know he has a dad, so I'm not out here trying to take take away from you know anything that he's doing. So it works though. I'll just say that it's no weird moments and nothing like that. You know, I tell him when he's fucking up, and you know he listens. So you know whatever, it works. That's good, man. That's good that y'all have that relationship, and it's not. You never had those fuck you dad moments. I think that's a really good thing. Oh no, I choked that nigga up. So uh, <laughs> best believe, like you an adult now too, so you could pretty much get the fuck out. So you know, it's at that that age. Um, so a, a question for both of you guys. Um, you guys, you guys both both got kids, and so do you guys feel like the twenty one is going to be that age where you feel like you're kicking your kids out, or do you decide to le- let them stay until they get their stuff together? I say that because it seems like black folks are like. The, the biggest component of you 21 now get the hell out which like most cultures tend to keep their kids and let them stay until they get their stuff together they pay they, you know uh save up for rent or you know pay they you know pay their debts down all of that stuff how do you guys view that i want to hear mike answer i have an answer <laughs> but i want to hear mike's answer um well for starters uh <laughs> All the black people I know be talking about kicking their kids out of eighteen, not twenty-one. Well, you know, actually, <laughs> you're absolutely right. So yes, I, I'm gonna edit that to eighteen. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I don't subscribe to that. Um, it kind of, but it kind of depends on the kid. So it's like, do you have a kid that is, you know, that needs that? You know, that hey, you, if you don't get your shit together, you got to get out because they're not motivated. They're being lazy. They're uh, basically taking advantage of the fact that they have a, you know, a place to live and don't have to pay bills. And it's one of the things where it's like, you got to do that to help them get their life together. That's one thing. But if it's a thing where it's just like automatically you 18 and you out, um, I I don't subscribe to that. Um, You know, if my kid needs time to figure shit out and they're working on something and they're not just being like a lazy fuck off, then I, I don't subscribe to kicking them out at 18. Um, my oldest kid is 11. So um, he's not at a teenager mode yet. So like maybe once he hits 13, 14 and be on that teenager shit, maybe I will want him out by 18, but, um, that's not, that's just not something I subscribe to. That's a good answer. I feel like, (laughs) Hey, 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 you can't bring your (laughs) praise on our podcast. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. But we'll go ahead. Delvin. But, um, (laughs) You want to ask us five questions too? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about you know in the in the short moment that we thought about doing this today, I was like, let me try to think of five. I was like, nah, fuck that shit, fuck that shit. That's delving <laughs> shit. We ain't gonna take his shit. Oh man, <laughs> but um, I feel like as a parent, you should give your kids the best opportunity to succeed. And a lot of times, certain parents be ready for them to get eighteen so they can kick them the fuck out. Without giving them the tools to be on their own, so I feel like as long as my kids need to be at home to become successful, I'm all for it. Because I don't want to send them out into the world, then they fall on their ass and don't have no no kind of net to stand on, no legs to stand on, anything like that. Right, right. I feel That's like it, I and I see it all the time. It happened to shit. It happened to me. Well, you know, my parents are like, all right, you got to leave now. All right, what the fuck am I going to do now? How am I going to do this? How am I going to balance the checkbook? How the fuck I go pay bills? You know, simple things that your parents should teach you. A lot of times parents don't teach that. 
and you don't learn it from school all the time. Like, you know, school don't teach you about taxes. I remember one, one of my first years, when I my first year doing taxes, my job didn't take out any taxes from my um my my paycheck. So I ended up having to pay the government. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh man, I'd have been there. Actually, it wasn't even uh it wasn't that they didn't take it out. I was I I was doing this this stupid shit. I'd listen to my coworker, and we had a bunch of fucking overtime. And I raised my exemptions so I could get the most from the overtime. But then I got used to the money, so I never took it back down. Oh man, oh, it was. A, he, he ended up getting audited and shit. I got scared. Luckily, I didn't get audited, but I still owe like it was all fucked up. Yeah, yeah so a, I, I totally get that. That's a bad idea. I, I, I don't my- know why taxes are not a a, a ta- uh, like. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I wonder why taxes are not like one of those like core classes of like like you take a we take a lot of bullshit classes in high school. Like why taxes not a class? Why it's not how to have how to manage your bank account? How to do shit like that? Those are the fucking classes they should have in high school. Yeah, high school should be more practical <laughs> instead of all this bullshit. They give you stuff that you necessarily don't need. Like, what's the point of giving us history if a lot of the history isn't isn't real? Like, uh, like I, I can tell you for a fact, I went through elementary school to probably junior high school thinking Christopher Columbus discovered this motherfucker. I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of us did for the most part. I mean, yeah. that was what they put. That's what they put out there. And then you get to the high school, they're like, "No, nah, that didn't happen that way. He didn't discover America. He didn't discover shit." Actually, I don't know why we even discovered <laughs> celebrating Columbus. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we went from like fully celebrating Columbus Day as a kid to like. Why the fuck is this a fucking holiday? <laughs> yeah, that's insane to think about. That that they've been teaching us something for so long, and it got so ingratiated in our culture, and then we find it's not true. Like, damn. So what else is not true that y'all have been teaching us? I love fucking lie. Have y'all ever used a Pythagorean theorem for uh in real life? <laughs> <laughs> wow. How <laughs> have ever used that in real life? <laughs> There's no way. Hey, that was my kind of. That was one of my just like random examples of shit you learn in fucking high school math that has no fucking uh, dealings with, with with human life or anything. Like I'm not using that shit. Like not never. Well, Chow Chowfi likes to say fuck reading. I like to say yeah. fuck math. <laughs> fuck. What's <laughs> I fucking hate math. What's what's I mean yeah I'm I, well I use math a lot because I do I do CAD design so I, I have to use some sort of math. The the biggest thing is I I, I hate conversions. Not to convert like uh, kilograms to pounds a lot and I and I always fuck it up. But anyway, that's another story. But how does a principal tell you to fuck reading though? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with Chaffee, Doc? <laughs> God God damn it. Chalfie is just Chalfie, man. I just Fucking shake my principal. head like, all right, Chalfie, man. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, how yeah. does some principals do some, say some of the things they say? I'm not even getting that conversation. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys as far as I don't think, you know, kicking. I, I, I just couldn't imagine. Like, I know a lot of people who had, you know, they were young and was forced out because of some kind of parent issues or whatever the hell, you know. But I there is. Absolutely no way I could have, I would have survived well at eighteen. I mean, I may have could have done it and it would have may have worked out, but I feel like there's a slim chance of that shit. Like I was at eighteen, I was surely not fucking ready to pay bills and live on my own. I didn't actually move out on my own, so I was like, fuck, twenty three, twenty four ish, I think, or something like twenty two, twenty four, one of those. Uh, 
So yeah, I couldn't have did it. But I just think about other cultures. Like I have a, a coworker's Indian, and I think he's like mid thirties, and he just moved. He got married last year, and both of them are still living at their parents' house while they were paying off their debts and all that shit until they saved up to get a house. And so they just moved into their house. So it's like they never had no pressure to get kicked out or anything. They were both like he works. He's like a, a, a he, he works. He makes good money in my job. I don't know. I forget what he does. But his wife makes pretty good money. But they both were just at home after they got married. Like, all right, we go stay here until we figure this house shit out. And then they fuck around and bought a house and, you know, moved in. But they didn't have no pressure at all. But they're they're uh, um, Indian. Um, so I think that's common in their their families and household. But like but get your shit you- together and then move. But look what you just said. I think that's how you build wealth and success in the black communities in terms of how, yeah, they stayed in their house, they stayed in their family house, what, 10 more extra years? But with that 10 years, they were able to buy a house and ensure a future for their family and other families in that generation. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if they're, like I said, all it took with them for 10 more years, which is, is really nothing, it really added up. 10 years, they were able to buy a house and make their own have their own place to stay, so you don't have to worry about them no more because they're financially secure at this point. And if they do that to their kids and their kids and their kids, that success will continue on. I think that's very important. That's something that we as black people kind of lose out on a lot. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I'm at kind of a weird situation, like with my stepson. Like he was like a tr- real true introvert. You know, never went out. Like, he would just pit in his room playing fucking gay. Even when he graduated from high school. And then it was like, so 18, 19, and then 20, and then 21. And he just turned 21 last August. And he went from, like, total introvert to, like, out all types of night. Got a little chick he goes over and stays the night and shit. And it was just, like, a total, like, 180. So now it's like, oh, are you still going to stay here or are you going to move out? <laughs> <laughs> like... What you go do? But he's like, he's not, he's not mature enough to move on his own. But I'm like, if you're not gonna be able to be a contributing person to this household, and I'm not saying rent, I'm just saying if you gotta take out the trash, nigga, just take out. Like I would trade the world to just be able to have to take out the trash. That's it. <laughs> That's my responsibility of the household. Like I don't have to pay no. Be- like you have a phone bill to pay. Your insurance is paid. The roof of your head is paid. Your grandma probably gives you random money. All you got to do is go to work part time and go to school full time. Like, and I'm not saying that's easy, but it's better than fucking. I would I would trade all that to go to school and fucking work part time as long as my bills are paid. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I that was just I just randomly thought about it. just curious what you guys thought just because you guys have young kids and um it's gonna be a time where they they get eighteen plus and it's like. What do we do now? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I think the best option is to make sure when they leave, they have a foundation to leave on. It, well, it's funny. Most of the time, it's like when they leave, make sure they ask, stay out. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that that's that's pretty dope. I would never want to force any kids out if they wasn't ready because it's, it's rough out here, you know, uh, but I swear I trade some bills, boy, to be able to just not have to pay bills and do some other random shit. I take garbage out with a smile, boy. <laughs> Gladly. Yeah. So, um, so I guess we get into so um, we we 
so we did we did the uh, uh, upcoming episode with you that's coming out, and we, you know with, on the whole lines of uh, black excellence, and I think Mike experienced the opposite of black excellence. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this 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 past weekend, and I think what was more interesting, well, what was is equally as interesting as his story about it was the conversations on his Facebook page that came about it. And, um, but I guess we, Mike, if you have to tell the story now, you can talk about it and then we can kind of just kind of chat about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about it. Um, and fortunately since it's been a few days, I'm not fired up no more so I can talk about it calmly. I mean, I'm oh. still going to say mean things, but I mean, I'll, I'll still talk about it. Calm. I'll say them calmly. <laughs> You're not Mike without saying mean things. So please, yeah. please and keep that same And I'm not, not drunk neither. So, but oh, yeah, the same energy cool. still there. Yeah, so um, so I had a plan for Valentine's Day to take my wife to this restaurant, La Culture Cafe. I'm also one of those people who who is not afraid to like. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna shame a business publicly or something like. I will shame a business publicly. So um, yeah. So I took her to La Culture. I wanted to take her to La Culture Cafe. Um, a little side note on that: they have a current location on one street, but they're opening up another location somewhere else. The other location is not open to the public yet. But that's where they were having the Valentine's Day event. That's so it was an event where, too, right? yeah, it's much bigger, place. much okay. bigger. Yeah, it's way bigger. Yeah, um, the the current place is very small. Um, so uh, it was a ticketed event. You paid two hundred dollars, and that would cover a couple, and um, it, you get a four four course meal and uh, uh, wine and champagne, wine or champagne. Um, their food is phenomenal. Uh, so that four course meal was going bang. Um, so I paid the $200. I had the ticket. All uh, good. Um, they had two reservation spots, a six to, uh, a six to eight 30 and a nine to 11, um, for the purposes of making it easier to like handle, like picking up the kids since it was a Friday and we still went to work and all that. Um, I got us the nine to 11 one. Obviously, a little bit later than you would like to eat dinner, but whatever. You got to do what you got to do when you got small children. So um, we got down there right at nine o'clock. Uh, I go inside and I'm, you know, sitting there chilling, waiting. It took kind of long for us to even get seated, but, um, you know, I'm still thinking like no big deal, whatever. Um, it was pretty crowded and they had really, really loud music playing. Like it didn't feel like it. They said that there was going to be live music, but I'm thinking it's going to be like, like you know a little low-key kind of like chill like maybe like, you know somebody playing a piano or something like that something that's meant to be kind of romantic but they just had a loud ass band like i could i couldn't even talk to my wife because it was so loud in there um sitting you know right across the table from each other at a two-person table and i'm just like i can barely hear what you're saying so um at about 10 o'clock is when i started to get mad and started to take notes <laughs> because at 10 o'clock <laughs> i still had not received my sal- I hadn't received the first course yet which was going to be uh it was like um a, a, a salad or something else you had two options I got the salad um I'm actually going to pull up my notes because I had the times written down cuz I knew I was going to turn up later so <laughs> so I wrote the times down so I wrote that we arrived on time we didn't get seated until 9:30 at 9:50 still didn't have the salad it was too I was I wrote it was too loud we can't even have a conversation 10 o'clock, still haven't got, still haven't got the salad. Uh, full hour past the reservation time, we haven't even gotten that. 10.15 is when we finally received the salad. 
So it's an hour and 15 minutes, and we just now get in the salad. Um, we get the the appetizer options was like uh, like a crab cake or wings or something like that. So we got one of each, like so that way we could technically have both. Um, one of us got the crab cakes, one of us got the wings. Um, I don't know when that shit came, but whenever that, because that, by that point I st- I had stopped taking notes, so I was probably already like turned the fuck up. Um, uh, long story short, uh, we eventually got the appetizers. Um, probably sometime, I don't know, maybe like near eleven. I don't know, but um, by that point I was like, this is ridiculous. Like everybody's like, everybody in the restaurant is like kind of pissed off because like it, it was crowded. Bro, it's um, two hours. Why don't you have only a fucking salad, dog, and an appetizer? That's yeah. So no, hour. I'm sorry. So, that's an hour. My bad. That's an hour. Not, not two hours. That's an hour. You said ten o'clock, right? No, no. Well, yeah, yeah we got the salad by ten fifteen. Okay, yeah, we okay. got the salad by ten fifteen, but we got the appetizers probably by uh eleven. Almost eleven. So, so we Jesus we never even got to we never got to the main course. We never got to no dessert. Um, around that time is when I started to get. Mm, disrespectfully angry. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. So I got up and I, um, I started looking for somebody, and I'm like, "Yo, how do we get a refund?" Because I mean, of course, like if you just go to a restaurant and you have a long wait, you just get the fuck up and leave. Like, yo, fuck this, I'm out. But I already had paid two hundred dollars, so that adds an extra wrinkle. Like, okay, do I want to try to wait this out? Uh, because I paid two hundred dollars, or do I want to go through the hassle of trying to get a refund on a digital ticket? You know, so. Um, I go looking for for somebody, and I'm like, "Yo, uh, I'm trying to. I'm I'm about to. Go, I'm I'm fed up. I'm about to leave. Like, how can I get a refund?" Um, and she just said something like, "You know, you can do it through the app, something like that." So I go back. Um, we wait maybe like another. We we basically was like, "Yo, we gonna we just gonna leave." Um, we waited maybe like another fifteen minutes. Um, one of the servers who was working our table was like, she was really nice. She was incredibly apologetic. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, she was real nice. Um, apparently, someone else came up at some point. You know, yeah, someone else came up at some point and basically was like, is there anything I can do? Now, in the state of mind that I was in, the only response that I could dude. possibly... M- <laughs> that that, that would have helped. Uh, it would have helped. It would have helped me forget about not having food, but it also would have ended my marriage too. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the only thing I could muster up to think of is like go back in time and provide my food in a timely fashion. Like that's the only thing I could think that you could possibly do because like if it's been two hours and we haven't got the food yet, like. No, there's nothing you can do short of actually bringing the food. Like that's and literally if, the only. And thing I, you if can you're do not going to bring, bring the food right now, there's nothing to fucking do. Exactly. So there's nothing that you can do. So I basically I I didn't say anything. I just looked at her like bitch, get out my face, and just didn't even say nothing. And my wife was like, had to speak like, yeah, he's justifiably pretty angry. Um, I don't think there's really nothing that we could do. We just go get a refund and dip. Um. So we waited maybe like 15 more minutes to see if anything was going to happen. And we just said, fuck it, we out. So um, during that time, once I got really fired up, um, I went to their Instagram page that had the picture for the event. And I started leaving some pretty vile comments. <laughs> like, oh and basically, it amounted to like, um, you know, try, you know, I was trying to have a romantic dinner with my wife. 
and now the evening's all fucked up because niggas is nigging. Um, and I definitely put niggas is nigging in the comment. I put maybe like four different comments. Um, I'm thinking that they, well, I'll leave it at that. So we get up, we dip, whatever. So I posted this on, I posted about the experience on um, Facebook, Instagram, and I dropped, I, this, it was all the same. I just copied and pasted the same thing on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and then on their, um, on their uh, restaurant's Facebook page. Now this is Saturday, um, and, right? Not yeah, Friday. it's Saturday morning. Yeah, it's Saturday morning, like, you know, maybe like around nine o'clock. Um, I, I made the post public so that anybody could see it as well. Um, and then, you know, I was like, well, oh, that's that. I was just, well, you know, going about the day. Cause it's, it's nine o'clock. That's, that's way too early for me on a Saturday. Um, so at about nine 30, apparently the manager of the restaurant hopped on my Facebook comment, I guess, cause it was public. And, um, she wrote this long thing about um, that was full of shit that just flat out wasn't true. Like she said something like she sought us out to try to make things right or something like that. And like I like when I looked at her picture, I remembered it was the person who when I got up to go ask how to get a refund that I talked to. And it was like two sentences. I was like, how do I get a refund? She said, you can do it on the on the app. Um, so that was the extent of my conversation with her. Um, someone else came to our table later. And it was the one that said, how can I, you know, what can we do or something like that? I don't believe that to be the same person um, that was commenting on my on my page. Um, but she wrote this long comment talking about. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I left out one piece. Uh, the next morning before I wrote that post, I went to go uh, look at their Instagram page and there was no Instagram page. And I'm like, huh, I'm like, did is the page down or was I blocked? So then I texted Otis. I was asked him, like, is the page down or is I blocked? And he's like, yep, you're blocked. So um, <laughs> I know what it's like when you're blocked on Instagram. So I've been there. So Yeah. So um, I actually so what I did was I flipped over to because, um, you know, you can put multiple accounts into one inst into the Instagram app. So I have my personal Instagram account and then I have uh, our Detroit Cigar Club Instagram account. So, since you know, their page is public. So I just flipped over to the cigar uh the cigar page Instagram so I could look at their page and, you know, confirm it was still there and all that kind of shit. And then I saw that any post that they had, they had like, I think two posts, maybe three about that event prior to it, um, which is one of the ones, the one I left my, my comments on and they had deleted both of those posts. So like there was no, there was nothing about that event looking at their Instagram page. So when I wrote the thing that I wrote at nine o'clock in the morning, I also pointed out that they, um, that they blocked me and deleted any post having to do with the event. So the woman that commented is like, um, I had mentioned to, to one of the people on my, uh, that replied on my page, which most of the people were like, damn, that was fucked up. Uh, one person replied kind of saying like, you don't have to point out that it was a black business cause it's not all of them. And she basically kind of gave like the all lives matter argument for, uh, black businesses or whatever. <laughs> um, and I basically was like, I basically, I was like, um, she says something like, you don't have to, like, it's not all black businesses. Some suck. Yeah. But, um, you don't have to basically fuck it up for other black businesses by saying that it's all black businesses. Like you don't have to mention that it was a black business. You could have just said it was a business. And then, and then all I said was then how are black businesses going to know how they fail? 
<laughs> and then and then I made and then I said it's a rhetorical question because I didn't want her to attempt to answer because there's no answer there you can't reply to that. Um, and then I, at some point in my back and forth with her, I also said that um, I don't I don't create the facts; I just share them. So um, the woman who the woman from the restaurant who commented on the page was like, you know, you mentioned that you don't uh, that you don't create the facts; you just share them, but you didn't share all the facts. And she's like. Um, you, you know, you came, she mentioned the thing about supposedly, um, asking, uh, what she could do to help. Um, she mentioned that you left very nasty comments on our Instagram page. And, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not something that I was trying to hide. So like, that wasn't me trying to hide the facts because that wasn't pertinent to the story that I left like really nasty comments on her Instagram page. Like, that's not something I'm hiding at all. It's a public page. Like I, I've never shied away from saying fuckery online. Like, it, and then if, and then if, if anything, she was the one trying to hide the, the, the nasty comments on Instagram. She could just delete my comments. Why would you hire those multiple entire posts? Like to make it look like the event essentially never happened. Like you, the one trying to hide something, not me. Um, and then uh, what else she say? I know she just ran down basically other various ways in which um, uh, I guess maybe she felt like I wasn't justified in, in, uh, in going in on them. Um, as I was reading that comment, my wife uh, replied to it. So she saw it way before I did. So she replied to it. And then I basically said a couple other things. And that was that. Um, I haven't heard nothing from them since. Now, the problem that the, the bigger the bigger picture here is the issue of why like why is this consistently my experience with black businesses it's either um they are selling shitty product at a high price and or providing shitty service and then expect you to support them because hey black people need to support black businesses and this continues to happen and the situation the idea that um it's not all black businesses, some are cool, whatever. Of course, it's not every single black business. Like, yeah, sure, there's some outliers, but by and large, that's everybody's experience. Like, it's not like, that's not a just me thing. That's an everybody thing. Like, not everybody, but like most people thing. So like, I don't really subscribe to the idea that like, I should be easy on them because it's not all of them. I think, I think I'd like to think it's pretty obvious that when you say black businesses that, you don't literally mean 100% of every single black bit. Like, I feel like that's common sense. Like I haven't even went to 100% of black businesses. I just 100% of my experiences with black businesses are like that. I mean, I mean, so, and, 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 Mike, no, and not, not to interrupt you, but I think with your point I, I was done that, anyway. I was done oh, anyway. Okay. Um, and I was I was talking to the wife about it because we were both talking about your status and all of the other comments and stuff. And especially kind of all these like, if your experience is 90% black businesses are fucked up, that's just your fucking experience. I can't debate you that your experience is fucked up or not true or whatever. <laughs> oh, so that's that. I think the the thing that I didn't really truly agree with her post and it's and is that when you taunt when you kind of not taunt, but when you kind of put shit like, you know, black excellence and Forest by us and black businesses and stuff like that and hashtags and, and your posts about your business. It's kind of hard to separate. And I put this on the on the on the status as well. It's hard to it's hard to separate you when you're when you're advertising yourself as such. You know what I mean? So if you advertising yourself as just for us, by us, 
black excellence and all this shit. When you fuck up, you're you're still a black fucking business then. You're not like a regular business anymore because this is what you put yourself to be or whatever. You know, yeah, so that's, what, that's how you branded yourself. So if if you're branding yourself as a bomb ass black business and you and then you do something shitty, you can't just be like, well, they didn't say this, but you can't be like, oh, well, uh, I'm not going to cite that they're a black business because that's not fair. Like, yeah. nope, it kind of is. <laughs> oh, and then one other um, one other piece that and this is, uh, I think, ultimately what really pissed me off about the experience is that they share like to me, it felt like a cash grab that they that they did not adequately prepare for. So like they have like there was a post where they kind of bragged about like how much money they had made so far, like and how successful the business has been and all this kind of shit. And I think they also had a post. I didn't see this one, but someone told me I think they had a post about how many tickets they sold to that event. And I'm like, at two hundred dollars a pop, all those people that were there, you made thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on this event. But it felt like to me that the only goal was to make thousands and thousands of dollars and they were not adequately prepared to provide a respectable experience to that many people so like and that is symptomatic of I guess the the lack of professionalism that I often encounter with black businesses is that they're they're trying to get that money they're not really thinking about how you provide the proper service um, to customers whether that service is actual service like at a restaurant or a product that you provide and like time and time again, that's what I see is like just a, a, a lack of professionalism. And that's why I said niggas going nick. What's your thoughts, Delvin? Like you, you're the, 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 you're churning over there. What's good? Oh, man, it's a lot to think about. He's here. like, I, I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just um, I'm, I 100% agree with you, Michael. I feel like. And it's crazy that we're talking about this conversation about black excellence. When I just literally did a whole month about black excellence <laughs> on, on the podcast, <laughs> and this is the episode I just happened to be on with this whole thing. But yeah, man, it's just like it's all on on the owner of that business in terms of how you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna preach black black excellence and you want people to support your business, you're gonna have to show and prove. You're gonna have to. Show us why we should support you. We being black is not the only reason why we should support your business. Just be, being a good right. business, uh, and I, I, you know, are you, I, I don't want to uh, cut you. Off. I got, a, I got a few points, but uh, go ahead, Dub, and I want to cut you off. Because uh, I think the problem is, I think a lot of times with these businesses, they feel like okay, we're just because we're in the area, we're in the community, you should support us. But that's not always the case. Like we're giving shitty service. Why should we support you? Just because you're here. Just because you're occupying a space, I don't agree with that at all. I'd rather support somebody who's uplifting the community. If you're just kind of being a, a pariah, just leeching off the community, what the fuck do we need you for? We can have a hundred other people in that same spot do the exact same thing and probably give us better service. Man, listen, I stopped. I should go to this uh, one soul food spot called D'Angelo's. Great fucking food. Uh, the problem was they never gave you accurate timing. We order our food, and we would order the same thing every time. We would get three. We would get two chicken and waffles, and I get smothered pork chop. We would order the same meal every time. It would be twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Well, say just say twenty minutes for the sake of argument. We wait the first time. We wait twenty minutes. We get there, and it's another twenty five minutes to get the food. Food was always great, but it never had great timing. 
So we order again. They say 20 minutes. We're going like 25, 30 minutes. And it's still a long fucking wait. One time it said 20 minutes. This is the last time I ordered there. And it said 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. I get there. I got there like 45 minutes. I waited until about 45 minutes to get there. And it was still another 15, 20 minutes. And I was just like, <laughs> this is stupid, dog. Like, why can't you give realistic fucking times to, to you know what I mean? Like, it was every that time. It was almost like my time just don't fucking matter. You're just going to make this food when you want to make it. And we just go <laughs> take it. And I'm just like, I just can't do this no more. I love the fucking place. The place is fucking awesome. You know, so I just can't at some point. But then I wonder if we don't tell these businesses that they're fucking up, how do they know they're fucking up? Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, and so I felt bad that I've like stopped. I had, you know, I had stopped going to a, a lot of different places and not just food, whatever the case, whether they were black or white or whatever. And, and I didn't. It was. I didn't let them know that you know this is why I'm not coming here, and not the fact to just say because I'm special. I feel like I need to let you know, but like this is fucked up. But you guys may want to, you know, fix some shit. You know what I mean? So, but with with Mike's place, and was what was cool was like, although Mike trashed that whole event, you know, and even justifiably so. He, you know, he did mention that he actually had been there previous and there, and didn't have these issues. So it's not like. The whole business was trash in a whole, but that night was trash. Like he had been there, food was good, service was okay, I'm assuming. Um, but from a social media standpoint, you can't you can't delete everything and like nothing happened. You gotta own up to that shit. Like they have no history of Valentine's Day happening on their social media pages. Yeah. And you just can't do that because you need to publicly say we fucked up. Like there should be a post to say, "Hey, this didn't go well. We fucked up." Because now you're just you're making it like it never happened. People never came out and spent fucking two hundred dollars and didn't get their money's worth, and that's that. You know what I mean? You got a bunch of people who may not be, you know, they may have moved too fast. You know that restaurant. I don't know how long that restaurant's been around, but I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about it. But I think they made a jump that they wasn't really ready for. But you got to be able to admit that shit. And move on. You can't just delete shit like it ain't never happened and then expect folks, you know. But a lot of people don't even, a lot of people, one, their Facebook page doesn't even show bad reviews. And I know it's bad reviews. I hear all, all kind of stuff about this. I've seen so many different like posts on like other people's pages about the service being bad. I heard the food is awesome, but the service is being bad. And at some point, people, people, I skipped over like the D'Angelo's, I don't even go to nowhere no more. It's not even on my radar anymore. Like I pass it and don't even think about the place no more because the service is so fucked up. But the food was great, you know. So you gotta you gotta be able to let you know let places know if you really I don't know. I guess if you care enough, but you want places like that to thrive. I don't want to see you know places just come up and just fucking like we you know we have a good uh, food uh, scene here, but it's like do I want this place to to, to be around because they're black? Or do I want the place to be around because they're good food? <laughs> you know, so. and, and, and and isn't that some nigga shit too? Cause like if you think about it, right? If you go on, like there's been times I'll go on Yelp or something like that, and I'm looking up a place and I want to see the reviews or whatever. I want to see some pictures, yada yada. And there'll be people who drop bad reviews, and the management will come on there and comment on the shit like, Oh, that night we had this going on, we apologize, blah, 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 or whatever. Like they'll try to come on and like damage control. But like if is it not like I said, is it not nigga shit to be like to take the complete opposite approach and try to sweep it under the rug? Just like some oh, lazy nigga, nigga shit. shit. Like oh, oh, it's, it's, oh man, 
Yeah, I like, think it's oh, man, bad this is a- business. I don't know if it's like to niggas, but it's definitely bad business to, <laughs> to just try to sweep shit that has never happened and shit, you know. So it is some fuck shit for real, though. To just like this never like you just deleting the whole existence of this night that never happened. Like, no, it happened. It's like, y'all fucked up. <laughs> it's like a lazy and shady way of getting away with doing bad stuff. And like that to, like, yes, it is bad business, but that also just sounds like nigga shit. Like <laughs> like just well, trying to hide it until like, it didn't happen. It's disingenuous yeah, because, because all those people who were there remember that night. And they know never again to go there again. And I don't think it helped that if anybody who's on that Facebook saw that, who went to that event, they're not gonna they're definitely not gonna go back now because they see what was happening, the bullshit that was going on with that whole exchange and stuff like that. And that people are a lot more likely to not go back to a restaurant because of bullshit than to go to a restaurant because of great service. Like if I go to a restaurant for great service, I'll just go back and I won't say anything about it to anybody. But if I have a horrible experience at a restaurant, I'm telling everybody they fucking mama this restaurant was fucking trash. I mean, but that's mm-hmm. the thing. Bad bad news travels way more than good news. So, I mean, you got restaurants that's been around for years and they may not get the pub and they're doing good. And that's just how it is. But once a restaurant fuck up or anything happens, bad news, anything, restaurant, people, whatever the fuck, it, 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 it travels and shit. So, you know. I just think they I mean they got potential to bounce back, but you know, you, you gotta social media wise, you gotta you gotta put it out there that shit fucked up and yeah. you're gonna make it better. And yeah. you know, some people some people go people some people are not gonna give a fuck. Some people are gonna give not gonna give a fucking go anyway. Some people may not even see that post. Not they obviously won't see the shit on Instagram because everything is deleted from that whole day. <laughs> that day never happened on Instagram. Yeah, but just imagine, <laughs> like Mike wasn't the only person that happened to. How many people you think was that Mike? Oh yeah. man, it had to have been it had to have been a couple hundred. So that's maybe not a couple, but definitely more than a hundred. So that, that's at least at least a hundred people that had an awful experience on Valentine's Day out of all days. <laughs> right on Valentine's Day of all Every, days. Everybody has everybody has the best intentions on Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, yeah, they but, had an awful experience. You that restaurant essentially ruined those people's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. They're not gonna forget that. Not only their Valentine's, I mean, but at at that moment, they're two hundred dollars. Like they got refunded the next day. But for that night, you were fuming. People Mm -hmm. were fuming like this. And the thing is, it's not like you know, like at one point, I think some comment she commented on. She said something about she had started making food, and then something about you guys are going to leave, so they stopped making food and had to make it again. I'm like, y'all ain't losing shit. You already got the money. It don't make it if you make the food and don't make the food. You already got the (laughs) fucking money. No shit it doesn't right. make a fucking difference. You can fucking you can make that food and set it on the fucking corner. You already got the money for it, so it don't make a difference. So yeah, that was some wild shit, dog. I was just like, woo. Yeah, that's the situation. You should just come hat in hand and just apologize and profusely and just try to hopefully hope that it goes away. Because we think you, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. You come out there trying to cop please and oh no, this this happened now. That makes you look like an idiot. And I mean, the fact too is like she came on the page trying to justify some shit that happened, like her own view, which was wrong. And, and you know, from what Mike account, and you just need to just come on. You gonna come on some person's page? Just come on and own up to it. Hey, we <laughs> fucked up. Sorry for your experience. And that goes way longer than you trying to explain some shit that ultimately not being true. If she would have came on the page like, hey, Mr. Lacombe, I am so sorry this shit has happened to you. We aim to do better. If there's anything we could do, let me know. Boom. 
That's it. Yeah. That'll solve that problem easily. Because, I mean, the night is over. The night is already fucked. It's the next day. There's nothing you could do about saving that night. It's done. But if you actually come on someone's page being apologetic and ended it that, that's a good business owner. Yeah, yeah and, and I was, that customer. Yeah, you could have. And I, I was I, I went like on the Instagram the next day because I was expecting like silly me to expect <laughs> expect niggas to not behave like Why niggas. But I was expecting I, right, what was I thinking? <laughs> but I was expecting I was expecting to see a post like, hey, you know, we had some difficulties. Last night, we weren't prepared for um, all the people that we had there. We, you know, deeply apologize. Anybody had, a, you know, something like a public statement, right? And to go on there and see that they deleted any posts that were about that event. And then now, like literally just now, I went on their Facebook page to look at the reviews. My review is not on there. And every single review that's here is like glowing. So like yeah, only they good deleted they only had good reviews. Right. So they deleted my review. And basically, they're just, hit. they're just, I don't think your review or, hit or that, video. or it never, or it never hit. Maybe they have an approval system where they can approve or uh, deny comments and they only approve the ones that are good because everything on here is, is glowing. And when I, after I made those posts that night, a bunch of people hit me up. Like some people responded to me on Twitter. Um, some people on the Facebook comments, some people hit me up privately and was like, yeah, that, like, yeah, I've heard all kinds of things about shitty service there. So it was like a lot of people who have heard that that place has bad service. I had not heard of that up to that point. So it wasn't, so I'm finding out like there's a lot of people out there who have either had bad experiences or have been told, um, you know, secondhand about bad experiences. But if you look at their Facebook page or their Instagram, there's nothing to indicate any negative reviews. So they're manipulating the, uh, the feedback. And like, to me, that's, that's dirty. I mean, you only going to do point. that so long. You're only going to be able to to cheat the system like that because at some point, somebody major with a huge media following is going to post about it. Mike, and just think, Mike. I don't know how many Facebook friends you got, but your the your post hit all of your friends. It hit people that potentially shared it. Hell, the people from the the culture actually came on your post, so they actually seen it. So that actually made traction. But it's going to take it's going to take some famous person to have fucked up service and it's going to be down here for them. And, and, and if they don't improve their shit, they're going to be fucking closed. And it needs to be a famous per- person who's not famous enough to be recognizable. Oh, maybe I, like I was just a white say, famous gotta, person. No, it, it can't be, be big Sean. It gotta be a nigga, <laughs> it gotta be a nigga that like play for the lions that don't, that don't nobody yeah. know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like somebody it, in a helmet. They always got a helmet shit. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So because it, it, of course they're going to cater to somebody who's actually, you know, they know, the, which is so shitty. Uh, the fact that you got to be a, and I'm not saying that's the case with their restaurant, but just in general, I've seen this in places. But you see it all the time. Well, I've seen it at strip clubs or something. Somebody famous come in, they drop everything. They make sure that person is accommodated, whatever the case. So you got to fucking be something like that to even get respect, which is which was suck. You know what I'm saying? It got anybody that's coming to a place spending money should be able to get that, not necessarily some random ass fucking famous person or some shit. But it's somebody that got some media clout, got a few. Hundred thousand followers or some crazy shit, you know, and it's gonna go downhill. Yeah, it, it would have to be he don't play for the Lions no more, but it'd have to be somebody like Golden Tate. Like he looked like a regular fucking dude. Like he were over there, like, oh, this is a regular black guy. And then he gets shitty service and now now an NFL wide receiver is on Twitter talking about. Hey, do you know do you know who the uh the Lions Center is? 
No, exactly. It got to be a nigga <laughs> like him. <laughs> Just some random ass motherfucker that got some money who got a good social media uh, following. And so, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can say that I've never, I haven't been burnt by more black. I've been burnt by a lot of businesses, but I don't know if they're more black than white, but I will say that, you know, when you have businesses, you know, just repeat what I said earlier, they kind of touts that whole black excellence and blacks. You know, it's, they had a bunch of I saw one of her. Actually, it was the chick post. It wasn't actually on the La Culture site, but it was I, I looked at her page and they had some event and she had a bunch of hashtags for us, by us, black excellence, <laughs> black something, yeah. all this <laughs> other shit. Dog. That's a whole other story. But all this other crazy shit. But then you do fuck shit like that. You know, it just it just lessens your value, man. And that for the first for for the for the record, that food, that's that's not a that's not a regular ass place. That food ain't cheap. That's a high end well, at least spending wise. You you dropping over a hundred. I don't think you can go there without spending a um less than a hundred dollars for a couple. And that was a that was another point I was gonna make is that they also present themselves as high end dining. And I've made that point, too, on my on my Facebook post. You would never see something like this from a high end restaurant. that's like white run, like a fucking fancy ass steakhouse or something like that. They're not going to be out here uh, selling two hundred dollar tickets to events and not giving not, not feeding the people to show up and then deleting everything that happened about it. You ain't going to see fucking Ruth Chris or some shit uh, doing something like that. You, it, that's not going to happen. That is really true. So yeah, man, that was that was that was interesting. But you know, and I I, I just thought it was kind of uh, <laughs> uh, ironic that we've been you know with this whole black excellence stuff, and <laughs> you know, and then he has his experience, and I'm just like, ah, the timing, oh, the fucking timing. Oh, oh that's that's just this month has been just a, a wonderful <laughs> mess of black not excellence, like <laughs> black Friday. inferiority, black yes. not excellence. Like black black mediocrity. Yes. I, I think I'm going to title this episode Black Comma Not Excellence. <laughs> Somebody sent me a video um Friday. Um it, they said it was, I don't think it can't be new. It was two black people fighting in a waffle house, of course, because that's how where it always happens at. Of course it was the employee <laughs> and a customer. And this fight like it was going on for 35 minutes. <laughs> to the point where to the point where the people who were in the Waffle House just went behind the counter and started making their own food. Like, what? Yo. <laughs> Did you ever see the video? How you have a people? fight in a How you have a fight in a Waffle House that's longer than a UFC main event? <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you not get tired? Like, nigga, I'm not fighting for 10 minutes. I'm done. We go one of us got to get knocked out or quit. We go shake hands and be the fuck out. Like, I'm the not fighting boy, that long. Was starting yeah, to fight to... in his clothes, stopped, took off his clothes, and continued fighting. Mm. You ever see the video of the two people fucking in a Waffle House? I didn't see that I one. Not. It doesn't surprise okay. me at all. It, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> was it in it the doesn't. kitchen? It was. It wasn't in the kitchen, but I think it's on one of the booths or some shit. It's, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. But yeah. I feel like if a fight. Bro. Uh, if I feel like if a street fight hits like ten minutes, y'all just got to be like, "Yeah, you brought your A game. Yeah, so did you. I, I guess we cool now." In ten minutes, I, either we, either you shooting me or I'm shooting you. At this point, like we ain't getting it, it, ain't nothing else accomplished after that. We all fucked up. Ten minutes, we gone. We dapping. Let me buy you a drink at the bar. Like that's it. I, there's nothing else to do there. 
10 minutes, it should be like a split decision and somebody's hands should get, get, get raised or something <laughs> like that. Somebody should be getting a fucking belt or something like that. Uh, <laughs> you fight for fucking 10 minutes. Man, that's crazy. That people start fun. making their own food. That's that's so that's bad because one, your fight is taking so long that people got to make their own food. But two, your fight is uninteresting enough that people would rather make their own food than continue to watch it. If I'm in any restaurant, the fight should probably be way more interesting than what's going on. It doesn't yeah, matter it, where it is. Niggas running out of space on their phone trying to record it and shit. Like, I only got 256 gigabytes. Y'all gonna wrap this fight up? <laughs> can't, can't have a damn five gigabyte video file on my phone. Somebody gotta win this shit. <laughs> oh man, that's 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 funny. That's funny. Um, I, have, I had something else I wanted to ask you, Delvin, and I can't think of it at the current moment. Um, I think it's on podcast related. So you've uh. What's the what's the wildest episode you've had of doing a, the Delvin Cox experience? Oh, that's got to be the one um, with my boy Brandon. He, he I imagine you know this off the hip, like you just oh, like, yeah. oh yes, I know this exactly. Yeah, he had a podcast called Sack 'Em Up Sundays. Sack 'Em Up. <laughs> that was his podcast name, and he tells <laughs> this crazy story about him and his friend on a coke binge. <laughs> and that sounds like a, that's not like a movie. His friend, I think his friend like almost died and they had to call the police and everything like that. And it's a while. I got to find what episode it is. You have to hear the whole episode. Did did his friend almost die because of things he was doing while on cocaine or did he almost die from cocaine? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to find the episode number of this one. This whole episode is just worth listening to because the... The stuff he he's mentioning on this episode, you probably shouldn't just tell people in public for one thing. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be admitting this thing on a podcast. Man, let me see if I can find this episode. But why, why are you why are you looking for that, Devin? What made you start doing podcasting? Um, a lot of things, man. I, I one of the things is just um I was a big fan of podcasts, like um Kevin Smith podcast and things like that, and. I kind of wanted to give myself an outlet and things to a way to express myself in terms of a legacy I want to leave behind. And I felt like this was the way to do it. So my first podcast I started doing was called um, Mike Drop Podcast. I did it with my, one of my best friends. His name was um, Al. And it was really cool doing one of him and stuff like that, but he couldn't. Al was going through a lot of shit, man. Al was, was one of those guys. I know everybody has one of those friends. You say he was. Is Al still alive? He's still alive, but... Okay, I thought you was like okay, Al died. I was, and then I was, was waiting <laughs> to ask if he was dead or they wasn't cool no more. Like, no, no, we're, <laughs> we're still cool, but Al was one of those guys that... And every, every, everybody has a friend like this where shit just don't go right for him at all, ever. Like, every time you talk to him, it's just, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, man, my cousin just got shot 91 times, man. <laughs> shit, fuck! Like, what the fuck happened? And it, it, like, it, nah, he was fucking around with Kodak Black and them niggas, and shit just went left, man. Shit. And, and you would think, like, like this shit can't be right. This shit can't be true, and it'd be fucking true. Like, he just has this kind of luck that it goes from bad to worse to worse to worse. It's like, god damn. <laughs> and it got to the point where it was like, I literally can't do a podcast with him because every time we try to record. He tells me this outlandish story. I'm like, get the fuck out. That can't be right. 
And then it turned out to be fucking right. Like, I think, like, I, I want to get this right. One point in time, we was we was recording, and we had to stop recording because his girlfriend had cancer, and she was dying. I'm sorry, what? This his actually, girlfriend had cancer. Yeah, he found his girlfriend had wow. cancer. And she during was, the podcast. Yeah. Oh, no wait, man. did she have cancer prior, or she found out that she had cancer when you guys were recording? She found out during the podcast. Oh wow. wow. Yeah, and it was like, and it was like, yo, <laughs> I, it was like every time we were trying to record, she was always there and stuff with him, and she was in a lot of pain because she goes through chemo and stuff like that. It was just a whole mess of stuff, man. I'm like, oh my god. So, so I ended up having to do a podcast by myself. Oh, by the way, that episode that you guys want to listen to is episode 81, featuring okay. Brandon from the Sack 'Em Up Sundays podcast. <laughs> What does sack them up Sundays mean? Like, <laughs> I have some guesses, but I'm just going to let you tell me. He's a heavy weed smoker. And he was a heavy other thing smoker, too. And it was, it was it's a double entendre for weed and a double entendre for um, basically sacking nuts up, man. We going in for a ride. I thought okay, he'd yep. be like nut sacks or some shit. I just I, that's where I was going. I thought it was about putting his balls on people's faces. I don't know. I was just like, like he's really sacking people up and shit. Well, yeah, like, that's, that could be another thing as for too. No, there, it's funny. There was a, not funny, but there was an episode. Uh, so I listen to, I've, I've been a long, long time subscriber of uh, This American Life. Probably been listening to that. That's probably the longest running podcast I've probably been listening to. And I started listening to that around like 2012 or something like that. But they did an episode about this uh, podcast about these two guys who were former drug addicts. Uh, I think it was called the the Dopey Podcast or something. And they would just talk about just life beyond the the, out, the, the drugs and shit like that. And one of the guys actually died, uh, not on the podcast, but like during their you know tenure at the podcast and shit. So I'm like, yeah, somebody I've definitely heard of someone dying that used to be you know. Uh, that used to record a podcast, but to just to kind of uh, answer the question I asked you about you starting the podcast, uh, I think we I think we've told the story before. I think my biggest influence for doing the podcast, um, outside of us just wanting to talk about shit, was a uh, Combat Jack. Like I was a huge fan of Combat Jack and just his whole interview style. He was very knowledgeable. He did. I think he did podcasts the way podcasts should be done. Yes. And so that was a huge, uh, for me, a huge influence on us uh, doing the podcast. Yeah, I think Combat Jack, well, he, I found out about Combat Jack, Combat Jack a little later. Mm-hmm. But when I heard him, it made me become a better interviewer. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, um, oh, people absolutely. like Combat Jack, Joe Button, Charlamagne and God, especially, just listening to them. And Kevin Smith, too, listening to them. Interview people. I never listened much to Kevin Smith, though. It's funny you mentioned all I started thinking about. Like, I never listened much to him at all. I always like Kevin Smith. One, I'm a big comic fan and things like that. But the fact that Kevin Smith has this unique ability, better than probably anybody else, in terms of podcasting, where he his interviews never feel like interviews. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's just sitting around talking to a friend, and he goes on. He tells these magical stories about things that's going on. And it just kind of drags you. He's an incredible storyteller. He reminds me a lot of Stan Lee. <laughs> in, in the way he's he's been around so much stuff. 
that you wouldn't even think about. Like, you know, like, for example, Kevin Smith is essentially one of us in terms of like, he's just a guy who made a movie that just incredibly blew up that he didn't expect to blow up. Like, Clerks became a huge hit. And he basically made it himself. And because of that, he's kind of made a career out of doing things that he loved. And that's something that all of us strive to do. Mm. Yeah, good shit. Good shit. Um, I had another question for you. Uh, so wh- when did you start doing podcasting? Devil Cox Experience started three years ago. The Mike Drop podcast was four years ago. So this is my fourth year officially podcasting. This is the third year of Devil Cox Experience. The podcast is way more success- successful than the Mike Drop podcast. Uh, do you think that this is gonna turn into this kind of an interview thing, which you hope you don't mind getting all these questions. I know you're you're kind, you're always a host, so I don't know if you answer <laughs> a lot of questions. So, but I've always had a few questions. I just and I, and some I'm winging it, but I've always had some stuff I wanted to ask you. Um, since I have you, question number three. Question number three. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's a do you, with like right now, uh, current state of podcasting? There's a thousand fucking podcasts out. Everybody started doing a podcast. Like when we started, me and Mike started. 2014 it wasn't really a lot of like what we would call like homegrown podcasts like ours like yours and stuff Baylor's you know uh stuff like that do you think how do you think how do you how do you feel you can survive in like a, a overly saturated podcast uh time where it's like everybody has a fucking podcast I think there are several answers to this question one is the simplest one is the cream will rise to the top in terms of you building your audience and you building your base and you keep doing that, eventually people will hear you and flock to it. Like for example, Joe Button Podcast didn't start popping till what year three of the podcast? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's still growing now because of that. Like before, like he'll tell you himself, he wasn't making no money off the podcast. There wasn't nowhere near successful as it is today when he first started doing the podcast. And I, that's that's how I kind of look at it. Like this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. Oh, it's, a, it's a slow burn for sure. We can yeah. tell you that. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you got to kind of keep building on it by being consistent, putting out content, and kind of treating it like a job almost. And I feel like there's a lot of people, there's a whole bunch of podcasts out there. Everybody's doing a podcast. That's a given. But not everybody's consistent with a podcast. And most of those podcasts that people are doing, you know, if you look at their feeds, it's about like two or three episodes. Then they don't drop anymore because this is not an easy thing to do. People oh, think it's easy, but it's right. not like that's one of the reasons why I give Bella so much credit because Bella does a podcast every week consistently by himself. That that is the wild that is the wildest shit ever. Like, I mean, I feel like you know me and Mike have been doing some cool shit. You know, we've been around for a while, and it's 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 it's, it's a cool thing to be able to bounce ideas off someone. You know, have someone else to you know counter and talk. But dog, I for the life of me, I could have never been doing a podcast like that by myself. I just don't have it in me. Like I give, I, I give Baylor the, the the highest praise ever because that is just nuts, dog. Yeah, that is incredible, and the fact that he consistently does it and puts out quality content says a lot about his ability and his talent. Like Baylor can get his own show with that. Oh, for sure, for sure. That, he, he definitely has that 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 that. He has it. He definitely has it. And that's why I think we kind of lose focus on that. Like, we're putting out content for people <laughs> every week to enjoy and love. And yeah, we're not getting the listens we want to get to yet. 
but we have to build that audience. And I feel like once we build that audience, we can go up against the big guys in podcasting and stuff like that. It's just because we have the ability and the skill to do it. It's just we don't have the reach yet. Like Bella can, I can easily see Bella doing a podcast up against Joe Button and Charlamagne the God because I'm going to call a spade a spade. They're not doing a podcast by themselves. No, I mean they got big production teams. They got uh, tons of stuff. And I actually, honestly, I think I think uh, although I don't listen to Button's podcast as much as I used to, uh, but I think Button is a better podcaster than rapper. Like, yeah. but podcasting is his lane, total his lane. I, I think he owns that, and, and he needs to. He, I wouldn't rap again. I would just keep doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, what I think is good about Joe Button is the fact that he's self aware of who he is. And he's he knows who he is. He knows what makes him him, and he accepts that. And he's brutally honest on his podcast about himself. I mean, he has the perfect opportunity of having a, a fan a fan base prior to to, to podcasting, and so it kind of carries. Because I mean, I don't honestly don't think Rory or Mal are, are that interest, interested enough to have a podcast, and people will flock to it. Like they're, just, I mean, no knock to them. I just think they're okay people. But they're not what sells the podcast. That, I guess yeah. that's why it's called the Joe Button Podcast. But <laughs> I think they're there to keep him balanced in terms of he like he can't sit there by himself and tell stories without kind of knocking them off somebody because it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense. Well, yeah, and I think too in the beginning, I think they never agree with him. They never disagree with him enough. They started doing that after the after a while. But they were, you know, they wasn't the disagree. It was just, you know, whatever he said or whatever. I feel like at some point they started having disagreements and they just made for it. Like, you can't just agree with the motherfucker every day and shit. Yes. Um, so that's definitely his lane, though. Definitely his yeah, lane. Definitely. I think you guys have a lane similar to that in terms of the audience that you guys built with this podcast. I feel like this podcast is an amazing podcast that more people should listen to. I mean, man, all three of them people, man, they, they listen when they listen. I, I agree with you know that. What I'm <laughs> good answer. I, yeah, good answer. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate those those the accolades. I th- for us, I, for me, I mean, I think you know, me and Mike, we just we enjoy the podcast of just being able to just vent, have have an avenue to to you know. I mean, so when we did before we started doing it remotely like we do now. We would get together at my crib, drink, smoke, and that was like, and, and at least I can speak for myself. I, I would assume it's for Mike. It was a getaway from it's. It's like a good four or five hours to get away from current life, like no worries of anything. Have a drink, smoke, talk about shit you know you want to talk about, and that. So it's like even if the podcast wasn't popping, that was a way on Wednesdays we would get away from everything else and do the podcast and you know vent, smoke, drink you know, have a good time and shit. But, you know, I think for both of us, and I speak for myself, I would assume Mike probably agree as well. You do want it at some point to pop off to like have a good a listener base and all that shit. And we're still I working agree with that, that as well. Yeah. But <laughs> let know, me tell like, you how I found out your podcast was so good. It's because I would always hear about your podcast. That's wild as hell. Like who's talking about it? <laughs> Yeah, just like in conversation, your podcast would come up, whether it's Chalfie or Bale or somebody. This is before I knew you guys. Like, people would talk about your podcast. And I'm like, okay. And you keep hearing it, so it comes like 
kind of commonplace. Like, you know, you hear black astronauts, then you hear what up, though. And now I'm kind of hearing that with my podcast, which is weird, where people be like just randomly mentioning my podcast. Like, what, what, how did I fit that equation? But um, it's dope to see that. Like, as yeah. opposed to hearing people just constantly say, yeah, Charlamagne the God or Joe Button. I like when I get the conversation with people who may or not may or not know that I know you guys say, hey, you all like the What Up No podcast. I'm like, okay, that's dope. Or I like um, just anything. I like Bell and the Great podcast. I like Open Run with BTG. You know, I like to hear people talk about other podcasts that I know. And I and it's been it's crazy because I've heard people. I'm listening to podcasts, and my name just comes up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? That's always a good feeling, though. Yeah, it is. It's definitely dope when you listen to a podcast and you don't expect it. They just start talking about your podcast. I'm like, this is super cool, and I appreciate it. And you don't really know your reach until people reach out to you like, hey, I listen to your podcast, and it's great. You know, it's that's always a good feeling. I think for us, um, it'd be so. What's what's kind of crazy, Devin? And I don't know if you. I mean, I guess you have no choice but to believe us. But <laughs> I'm very curious not, what you're gonna say now. <laughs> we're not we're we're not a locally known podcast. Oh, I'm not either. And I wonder if that's like that for people in general. Like Twitter wise, you know, we have people listening from wherever bitch place. But we don't. Detroit is not a place where the what up the podcast is known as a podcast. Like. The, as much as they know about the what up though, it's the actual word. Other than that, and Detroit doesn't know about the what up though podcast, and that could be partially our fault. We don't really advertise as much, you know, push stuff like on our Facebook or other venues and stuff like that, you know. Partly because I think a lot of it was us us being so open about stuff is that you know I wouldn't want shit coming back to my job that I'm, you know, like you know what I mean, just keeping keeping uh. Uh, I guess a masked identity, but at the same time being able to be open and shit. I, I would assume, you know, I, I would think Mike would, because I know for a while we always had to watch what we said about as far as work, work and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, be, so that's kind of a, you know, uh, I think a hurdle. I don't know, Mike, you could kind of chime in if you want, as far as just a hurdle of one of the popular podcasts, but being incognito at the same time. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it, it, I think for me, because um, both of you guys talked about um, motivations for wanting to get into podcasts, and, and and my motivations are similar to Delvin's. It was like one of those things where, like, I'm in case you guys didn't know this, I'm kind of an opinionated person. So, man, like, I would have never thought at, that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, man, what's a good outlet for me to just like get my thoughts out there and just kind of just, I, I like, I don't know, just share my opinions on shit just because I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I have something, uh, not necessarily something important to say, but a, maybe a, a unique way of, um, conveying thoughts, like in the sense of like, it might be like a, a the topic might be politics, but I'll, you know, I'll discuss politics in a manner that's more relatable to people or, you know, whether it's, a rant, whether or not it's something, you know, telling a story. I was like, you know, people tend to like when I talk about, when I give my opinions about stuff. So maybe I should do it uh, in an audible version. And yeah, that. Mike, did you go away or are you still here? 
that's kind of how that's that's how that, that's not kind of that's how I'm doing all this good shit. And it's like you want to pop, huh? Oh no, you say something? More, no, you were kind of went out for a second, but you're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, it's it's you know you want to uh. The whole purpose of making a podcast, nobody makes a podcast to not be heard. You know, you want people to hear hear your opinions and you want people just to call gain something from it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You want people to hear your opinions. You want people to, even if they don't agree, to be like, you know, I thought that was a dope episode or or ha- people have a discussion about it. Like, oh, man, that was crazy when when uh, Otis said this or when Mike said that. and Or that's just a great topic to talk about or getting feedback. Like, not even feedback as far as like, uh, criticism or praise, but feedback like just, oh man, I listened and that was funny, or oh man, I listened and that shit was whack, like whatever. Like, you know, you 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 want to get that when you're putting out something that's to be heard, and so yeah, it, it is kind it is kind of shitty to feel like um, we're not hitting as many ears as we probably would, well, definitely not as much as we would like to, and possibly as much as we deserve. That's that remains to be seen, but. I mean, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the, the deserve it is definitely subjective, but I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like I, I see. So, Mike was definitely the the spearheaded the the idea of us doing a podcast. That was definitely Mike's idea. We talked about it, but I, I believe Mike came to me and started saying about doing it. But I mean, not but, but when we started doing it, I started looking at trying to figure out who had local podcasts, like who's doing it locally, and it really wasn't much. It was these two. It was a of the group of local guys, and I forget their names. It was some weird, like big brown bear and something else, or some, <laughs> some stupid shit. And they were at one of our local, so they one of their first episodes. They were at one of our, like local parks or some shit, just outside. They were like, it seemed like they, from what it sounds like, they were at a park bench, and they just had a mic and shit, and they were just ki- talking shit. And they, that's what they did, and that was it. And I was just like, man, we could do that shit. We could do that shit better than them. And I'm pretty sure we've done it better than them. But I mean, so yeah. that was that. And I can say that now. I haven't heard the podcast. It was all kind of like ambient noises in the background, all kind of crazy shit. And, and I was just like, we could do that. We could do that better. And, you know, it started. And like, I don't know if you ever heard, but we did our first, what, 50 episodes thinking a mic was working and it wasn't. And yeah, then uh, <laughs> we kind of just. Uh, went on and, you know, kept recording and stuff. And, you know, I think it's, you know, we've had our struggles and stuff, you know, like we're long winded, we go forever, you know? And it was just like, do we want to keep two hour fucking episodes? Do we want to short it? Mike was definitely not on board with making short episodes. He's like, this is what we do. Just do we do it. I'm like, cool. I'm like, but you know, people's attention span is short as fuck. So it was like the diehard podcast listeners are going to listen to two, two hours. Most people are going to be hour and out. You know what I mean? They're not going to go that whole thing. So it's like, do we keep to what we want to do and go two hours, or do we try to set what people what what people kind of want in a podcast? And we kind of said we're gonna do what the fuck we want to do, and that's what we've been doing. You know, some podcasts maybe an hour and twenty, some be two and thirty minutes, two hours thirty minutes, but. You know, ultimately, if we're gonna spend our time doing something, we're gonna, you know, do it the way we want to do it, and that's what we've been doing. One take. Uh, we don't do no fucking edits. Uh, I mean, we add music in the beginning. I think once time or twice, maybe Mike can tell you. We, I think we had some background noises we've taken out, but for the most part, it's just a, 
start and finish, and you know that's that's pretty much it. And you know, Yo, so we did a we did a three hour episode after Mike Brown got killed in Ferguson and got all kinds of great feedback about that. So you can do a three-hour podcast episode and people listen to it if it's engaging. And yeah. I always feel like, you know, I feel like you shouldn't change who you are to meet the audience. Like you stick to who you are and the audience that wants to hear that will come. Now, has that has that played a factor in us not really popping off? Maybe. But We're still patiently waiting. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, if I'm not going to be like trying to like cut shit off to stay within an hour, because like I, I listen to podcasts like that and it kind of irritates me. Because I'm like, I would have liked to have heard that discussion longer. And they're like, oh, all right, we're running out of time. So, like, what do you mean you run out of time? Like, <laughs> are you you on a schedule like that? Like, you can only record from 8 to 9 p.m. and then you got to go to work? Uh, like, I mean, I don't feel like podcasting is a, uh, should be, like, that strict on time. Like, you you know, have the discussion you, sp- you want to have. Like, you don't got to wrap it up for no reason. I mean, maybe those people have reasons sometimes, but. I feel like that's probably unlikely and that they're probably just trying to keep it at a certain length. I will say this about you guys' podcast. I don't listen to most... No, no, no. (laughs) This is actually a compliment. There's only two or three podcasts that go past two hours that I listen to all the way through. It's probably yours and Joe Buttons. Otherwise... That's 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 in high company. That's much appreciated. It may be a wrestling podcast, but otherwise than that, I can't listen to some three-hour podcast and those marathons and stuff because they don't they run out of content and they run out of things to say. And I feel like if you don't have shit to say, stop it. Just end it right there. Stop going in the conversation. I feel like now a lot of podcasts just be trying to keep it going just to keep it going. But sometimes it's okay to just be like, all right, we're done here. Right. Yeah, I mean, we I definitely never done that. No, no, I, and I think we've. we've the last we've episode got, was only just like just over an hour, like an hour and four minutes or something like that. I mean, yeah, and, and, and I was just gonna say to that point, we've had episodes like that. I mean, my thing is, we've learned if it ain't shit to talk about, we're not gonna do it. Like, I think we, I think we're more now that we've gone like remote, which is like we should have did it long time ago. You know, I'm a little, I have a little more freedom with my time. Mike has kids; he has a a, a, a hectic work schedule, stuff like that. So. It, it works great and probably should have wait, did it way before. But I think when we were doing it in the same space, we're like, let's maximize what we're doing. If we're here. Let's just keep recording. So we had two and two and a half hour, almost three hour podcast because it's like, let's just maximize the time. We're here. Let's do it. But, you know, now it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get a lot more organized. We, act, you know, we got online notes that we update weekly, try to try to keep that up as much. And, you know, dead space is a bitch so no dead space you know we tried as much as possible i mean i think it's a, we never decided to say let's not have dead space <laughs> but it you know you know that's a killer you just sitting there just breathing and shit like baylor says you know catching you breathing <laughs> on a mic or some old shit like that so you know i i i think that you know we're after five years we're we're, we're progressing a lot still but you know the, the audience ain't there, but it's going to come. And if it doesn't, you know, I'm okay with the audience not ever coming. I would want it to, but I think we, we're we too smart to not pop off more than where we are, you know. And I think uh, this year, you know, we talked about doing a lot more, like, different angles of, of, of podcasts. And, like, you know, Mike did a, a one on his own about, you know, doing different reviews. I have one, and I, I don't know if Mike is going to be on it or not, but we had to figure it out. Uh, there was a story about uh, 
male dancers here in Detroit. There used to be a big male dancing scene here. So I'm going to get him to do an interview with him. And we're just going to do a bunch of different shit that's just out of the norm. Like, you know, a lot of the, you know, you got a lot of uh, men versus women, which is cool. Um, You have a lot of different perspectives, you know, but I just think that we have a good niche with our podcast. And I think we could we could definitely do some cool shit for this year and, and, you know, moving forward. Well, I'm for one super excited for y'all because it feels like you guys have found a new gear and a new motivation. Like, um, it's like doors open up for you guys. I, I don't want to say I'm the catalyst of it, but I think the whole bitter idiots thing. Oh, oh, oh! No, no, no mistake, uh, Delvin. You've definitely been a, a part of why we've gotten better in our shit. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the people that you've put us in, in contact with, the the podcast that we've done on your or your show, the joint podcast with like the bearded idiots and meeting all the other guys. Uh, do uh, what? Uh, Herfcast. I don't know why I can't think of his name. It's failing Brian. now. Brian. Brian. Uh, which I'm actually and I Mike. I had a um. A, if you're gonna um be free, I plan on trying to go check out Mike at that uh um our uh, JSK uh event in March down in his city uh it's a it's a it's like three hours in indiana it's the uh the guy who does the jfk cigar uh jsk or jfk j jsk jfk whatever i think think it's jsk yeah they do a day event down like three hours away and i want to go down there and just you know stay the night uh tony wants to go already so um just go for the day go saturday and come back sunday but i want to hook up with him because he's definitely a cool guy i definitely like his 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 podcast his his um you know just his format is pretty dope he's interviewed some cool people i was listening to uh um i listened to his daryl the last one i listened to was the daryl davis and uh daryl davis is interesting is it daryl it is daryl davis right he was on my podcast as well yeah he was on yours as well he's a he's an interesting interesting guy and did you (laughs) see what happened with that yeah, he went to Joe Rogan. Yeah, that that freaked us out. <laughs> I, I didn't even listen to the Joe Rogan one. I've never listened to any Joe Rogan to be honest. But yeah, I'm actually curious. Yeah, I remember listening to yours because he listened. He was on yours first. Then he went to or was it vice versa? No, Brian's first. Okay. Brian gave me the contact info. Then he was on mine. Then I think he was on Brian's again. Okay, so I I remember hearing him on the, um, um hearing Daryl Davis on his briefly. I didn't finish it. Then I listened to your full episode with him. Then I think I listened to his a part. I don't think I finished the ones on his, but I I definitely for sure listened to your episode with him because um, he he had he had a cool perspective on uh, Black History Month. And I thought yes. it was pretty dope. Um, and then, like I say, I just saw that he was on uh, Joe Rogan. So that 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 was I think it's dope as fuck that he was on like homegrown podcasts like yourselves and Brian's and then he ended up being on like a major one. Like, you know, it's like we had that nigga first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and that's, that's pretty that's dope. That's the joke everybody was making. It was like people were tweeting at me and Brian like, Joe, so Joe Rogan is still in guest from Delvin and Brian. That's hilarious, <laughs> dog. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think his, his, his podcast that you did, man, it was, was, was definitely one to listen to. Like I say, his, like, his his whole thing with the Ku Klux Klan, I think it's cool, and it's a cool story. But I really think, and not not, not facetiously cool story. It was a you know it's a it's yeah. an awesome story for what he's done. But I I believe his 
his philosophy on Black History Month and stuff really stuck with me uh, more than anything else. Um, so, yeah, that that was pretty dope. But then to just see him just on Rogan, it's like, yeah, he was on Rogan, but he was on Delvin Experience first. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that this is something I complained about for a long time in terms of I feel like every time there's a black podcast, they're always doing the same thing. Let's talk about this su- subject. Let's talk about this subject. Let's talk about this subject. It's Afrocentric and stuff like that. I didn't want to be that. I, well, we don't either, shit. So I've always kind of looked at it like I don't want to be that podcast that just, I want to be as diverse as possible. So when people think of the Delvin Cox experience, they don't just think of, oh, that's another black podcast. They think of it as, no, it's more than that. I kind of look at it like, I want people to think of it like the Arsenio Hall show. In terms of how I have so many different guests on it, so diverse, you don't never know what you're gonna hear, and I don't necessarily have to agree with the guests who are on the show. It, but it's it's there to provide you a different point of view, and also, if the guest I have on is an asshole, okay, you can see what to look out for. So, Delvin, I will say, man, it took me a long time to really grasp that. I I was I was definitely not. W- I wasn't totally with the whole idea of like having people that you totally like you may disagree with. Like it took me a while to grasp it. I'll be honest with you because I just like, I didn't know if I could really sit on a podcast for a certain amount of time with somebody like, like I, I still don't think I can sit on a pot. Well, actually we've done it. Never mind. I'm going to say we have, I was just about to say I, I couldn't be on a podcast with a Trump supporter, but we actually did that in our own fucking podcast. So never mind that. Um, but uh, I don't know if you ever heard a podcast with a guy who was a, a Trump supporter, black guy. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, I, I couldn't, but I guess that was a little different, but I never had the approach of, of interviewing folks with different opinions just for the sake of. And so it took me a long time to really grasp that that concept of even wanting to do it. You know, even with you doing it, I was just like, like, when you did that series on, like, race relations and shit, like, oh my fucking God, dude. I was... Uh, the, the white privilege of... Oh, man, I still think of that motherfucker who was... Uh, <laughs> bus boy? The bus boy, boy yes! yes! He just was back on the podcast uh, not too long ago, man. It was oh, hilarious. Oh, you did? I yeah, missed he that. came back on, um... His name is Fuck. Michael. Uh, Fuck. I totally missed that one, dude. It's, God damn it. That guy pissed me off so much, man. Is it a progression or is it a degression? <laughs> he's probably, he's, he might not be at liberty to say. Well, no, don't nobody listen to us. You good. That's it, Mike. That's it. episode 136. It's, uh, I'm noting that now. Interesting, fascinating episode to listen to. But yeah, man, I like to have people on who have different viewpoints to me because a lot of times, it's really interesting to see their reasons. Like, for example, the whole Trump thing. It's really interesting to see their reasons on why they support Trump and how they go about their day supporting Trump and how they justify some of the BS things he do. Like, um, one of the interviews I, I did was um, my guy Carmine, who writes for the Federalist Papers. Okay. It was fascinating interviewing him because he was basically saying in so many words on the podcast that, yeah, we don't really agree with everything Trump says, and we kind of think he's an asshole too, but this is kind of our job as well. 
So that's kind of a fascinating look at it in terms of like, okay, I understand that aspect of it. Like, hey, if you work at Fox News, you can't really say shit about Trump because it may cost you your livelihood. So it's kind of it's it's kind of it's kind of a fascinating way to look at that whole aspect of it. It kind of makes you wonder about your own morality in terms of like if me saying something bad about this guy would cost me my job, would that be worth it to me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, I will say like when we did the podcast with the bearded idiots on like gun control and gun regulation and all that stuff, that was when I realized okay, I can actually have a conversation and I not want to like choke motherfuckers up or some crazy shit like that. Like, because I think we still left that, that series of podcasts. Like I, I, the, the, the opinions didn't, didn't, didn't go together. Still didn't believe a lot of the shit. They, they, they said a lot of this. I'm pretty certain they didn't believe a lot of the shit or agree with a lot of shit we said. And so we had to come to that, you know, agree to disagree. And I have a hard time with agreeing to disagree, you know, especially when it comes to, issues where I feel like there shouldn't be that that agreement, you know? So, you know, once we did that podcast, I was kind of like, okay, I could mark that off the list. You know, I did one with some people I, ne- I definitely didn't really agree, met, agree with, but, you know, I don't, like, totally hate them. <laughs> yeah, and that's, <laughs> you know, that's, so. <laughs> uh, that's the thing that I wanted to come out of the situation in terms of, like, hey, I don't necessarily agree with what they said or agree with necessarily all their views, but me and them we can still have a conversation about other things and be cool. Yeah, because I mean, I, I remember telling Mike, man, I was like, I don't think there's any reason for me to do this shit again. Like when we were trying to do the follow up <laughs> episode, I, mean, I told Mike, like, dog, I don't want to do this shit. I was like, fuck them, you know what I'm saying? I said it to him, and I was like, you know what? This is not the attitude I need to have. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's just go back, you know, and and do that. That it was like a I forget what we were coming back to do, like the second part of it or some shit like that or. Whatever it was, and I, because I was just really like, man, I, I don't want to fuck with that no more. I'm, I'm good, you know. But I was just like, you know what? This is, this is not. And I think just for, just to have a podcast, I think that's not the attitude I, I needed to have. So you know, I had to, you know, Mike was like, you know, we just need to do it. And I was just like, yeah, let's, uh, I guess, fuck it, let's do it. And it worked out, and I'm glad I did, you know. So. Yeah, and I think we all learned from that experience, and I think that's the cool thing about it. I feel like every time I do one of these podcasts, I learn something. And get better and more knowledge from it. Like, for example, this is a cool story. This hasn't happened yet, but it's gonna happen really soon. Okay. A while back, I saw some guy on Twitter who was going through problems and stuff like that. He was he was talking about his issues and stuff like that. So I DM'd him like, hey man, everything okay? He said, Yeah, man, I'm just going through some stuff. So we discussed his issues and stuff like that. So yeah, man, thank you for that, you know. Cool, cool, whatever. We stopped talking. He followed me on Twitter, whatnot. I look him up the other day. This dude is running for Senate. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. So I messaged him like, holy crap, dude, you're running for Senator? He's like, yeah, man. Everything worked out. I'm running for Senate, man. Everything's good. I'm like, when did this happen? Like, yeah, I just was thinking and just had a conversation with you. And then a couple months later, went to Spain. Said, I want to run for Senate. I want to make a change. So now... Uh. He's coming on the podcast to talk about his run for Senate. Hmm. So I'm going to have a potential senator on my podcast in the next couple of days. That's where's he? Dope. Where's he running at? Montana. Oh, okay. 
Montana. Wow, I didn't know people lived there. <laughs> Legit, I just thought it was all land. <laughs> I just thought it was just land. But it's just only cool. farmers. It's cool that my podcast has opened up opportunities like that. Yeah, that's dope. And I wanted to open up opportunities for p- people like you and Baylor. Like on this this year, my podcast, my goal is to introduce you guys and the people in my podcast to more people that I know that I meet. So when I get an interview with somebody I think is dope, I'm like, hey, why don't you go on the What Up Dope Guys podcast? Why don't you go on BCG's podcast or whatever? Because I think it's important to pass that knowledge on for you guys to get experiences and you to open your base up. Because yeah, I'm interviewing this senator or whatnot and he has his base to go listen to it. Some of those people may come and stay listening to the podcast and stuff like that. But what if he, you guys interview him and you get a better interview out of him and you get some of his base and we keep helping each other build our podcast up then we can get to the levels that we want to be to and be more a lot more successful and open a lot more doors for each other. Well, that's, you know, that's it's funny. He's, he's, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say that's the, that's the exact same goal that I have for, the, for this year. The same thing is like to try to just collaborate with as many people as possible uh, try to just like just try to help out everybody like and it, you know obviously we'll help out ourselves as well but like it's like I just want to like one of the I, I've told this to Otis several times like my favorite thing about this podcast is all the dope fucking people we've met from podcasting like and, and, and maybe not have met in person but have met like you know through podcasting and shit like I would like, like if it weren't for podcasting there's like uh People I uh, fuck with their like TV podcasts, and I have met one of them in real life, and um, I've been on their podcast. They've come on ours, you know. Like, uh, would have never met them, would have never met you, would have never met Baylor, would have never met Chaffee, never met Sean. Like all them people, like, uh, and like cool feedback from uh, people, you know, people listen to podcasts that we didn't even know. Like, like that's the dopest thing, and like I, that's what I want to do more of in 2020. Is like is building everybody's base. Like you said, building everybody's uh, like network, you know what I'm saying? Like have everybody um, helping everybody else pop off and just collaborate as much as possible. I think that's super yeah. important to do. Yeah. I got a, uh, I got a homeboy of mine who I met. He's actually was, was a coworker of my wife's and then uh, he left there and did some other stuff and we became cool. And so he starts, and it's just talking about like the the weird niche of, and I say weird, the different niche of podcasting. So he he does, and Mike, you may have seen it on the podcast. I've I've retweeted him a few times, and I've uh, so forth. But he does a podcast where they talk about the Pistons and wrestling. Like it's the weirdest combination of stuff ever, that but it's interesting combo. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of interesting. But he's a big he's a big Pistons fan, and um, he's actually. Uh, Going to be at at the game Thursday. I'm trying to stop by because they're going to be at that. Uh, it's one of the restaurants. Cause, so, uh, LCA Arena where the Pistons and the Red Wings play, you have a bunch of restaurants that you can actually go in, but not actually go to the game. So you can actually like go to the restaurant, but don't have to be in the arena. And you know, you know the uh, the Harry's Pizza Place, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing like this meetup with uh one of the uh one of the guys that do like a Pistons podcast. Uh. What's that podcast name? But anyway, so I told wait, him I was stop. Oh, wait, what, wait, what day did you say this was happening? This is what day Thursday. did you say this was happening? Thursday. I'm going to that game. Oh, you are? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
so they're meeting up with the people that do the Locked On Pistons podcast. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that podcast, but it's a no, no. podcast. Um, anyway, they're doing they're meeting up with them guys, and I told them I would try to stop by. So you going to that game, and you going to the uh, Royce concert too, or no? Oh, I forgot about that the same day. Fuck yeah! Well, I'm, yeah. I guess I'm not going to the Royce concert because <laughs> yeah, the, the, the the game's happening. Yeah, so the only um, thing is like maybe short. maybe I can do both if it's like. Um, if the game's at like seven seven thirty, which it you know of course it is, and then if it's over at nine thirty ten o'clock, chances are the chances are that Royce hasn't started yet. But um, that would be a thing where it's like it's unlikely. I'd have to leave the game, dip on my wife, and, and be and hope that I can buy a ticket at the door, and hope that Royce hasn't started performing yet. But I mean, I've already seen Royce live, so um, I won't. I won't beat myself up about it. God, I want to go to that concert. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, it's so it's more so of a, a album release for it. But I'm sure he's going to perform or at least music playing or something from the album. Uh, but that's Thursday. But going back to the podcast thing, so they're meeting down there. And I told them I would try to stop by just to, you know, uh, show my face and pub the podcast and then go to the uh, to the Royce event or whatever. But yeah, I, I didn't even. I, well, I haven't even talked to you about it. I didn't know you was actually going to the game. Who they play? Because uh, it's uh, it's because it's it's wrestling night. At the, uh, what, is, the what, do you, what does that mean? It's it's wrestling some theme wrestling night for the Pistons game. Really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I wonder yeah, what that's about. That is. Huh? Yeah, they play Milwaukee. Oh, that should be a good game. No, it won't. <laughs> well, it's, it, good, it'd be good nice for me. Giannis, but you know, not good right. for the Pistons. Yeah, no, it's not gonna be good for the Pistons. Uh, yeah, yeah, it start it starts at seven, but um, the uh, the doors are at seven for the Royce concert. So, yeah, man, you know damn well Royce ain't coming on doing anything at seven o'clock. So, yeah, but, but I mean, you hoping that wife, he won't be a, on by ten. You have a wife to like, you know, continue with. And hey, granted, look, some, the, the the venue is within walking distance of LCA. Hey, look, if so. by chance you decide to want to, you get a permission slip to, to step away. I'll, I'll take you home. So if you can get away, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> All right, we will. We will see. I don't so like it, my odds, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't like your odds either. But you know, just let you know, you got to out. So. Uh, yeah, but but I was just saying about just supporting folks. Like he's a real cool guy and shit. And um, just you know, if if we could, if I could support somebody and be able to actually you know pub the podcast at the same time, you know, I'm definitely for it. And I, and I would love to get a lot, a little more Detroit exposure. You know, just because hell, we fucking live here. So you know, yeah. And it's it's so many fucking local podcasts that I have no idea about, and I've listened to a lot of them, and they're fucking shitty. Uh. I remember seeing it was these guys. It was a po- I can't think I, I can't think of their name, but I won't say their name anyway. If I thought, but they did this podcast. They do it based on like uh, I think beer and shit or drinks, and they go to different. It was at a bar, and it was the sound was so fucked up. And I'm just like, how do you guys think you're gonna be at a a full ass bar with all kind of noise? And they didn't they didn't do it well at all. So it was kind of shitty. And I was just like, man, we do our shit way better than these people do. Like, why the fuck? You know, so, yeah. it's. I think it's frustrating, but I know for part of it, we have to do better with pubbing in our own city anyway to even get, get that kind of acknowledgement and stuff. Yeah, man. Um, 
it's really hard to build your base in your city. I wonder why that is, though. I wonder how that is with other people. Like, is it really just an internet thing where, like, for us, Twitter is our main audience of people? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that Twitter is so much easier when you have people who you already talk to who right, know you, right, for right. What you for what you do. They're just like, hey, I'll listen to that podcast. I know these guys. As opposed to kind of trying to go the street team route for your podcast and, hey, my podcast is releasing every week. Come support yeah. me. Yeah, it's kind of a little different. Yeah, but we go we're gonna figure out this year is gonna be pretty dope. It'll be a lot of shit we've we've never done this year, so you know, looking looking forward to it. Maybe um, you do podcasts like mixtapes, like go on the streets and hand <laughs> out podcasts at people and shit. Yeah. I just go start tossing uh zip drives at people and shit, <laughs> you know, just uh USB drives with the podcast all on and stuff and subscribe and shit. So yeah, it's gonna be dope, dog. Got some got some cool ideas, man, and, and hopefully they work out this year. So, uh, but yeah, we're uh, a little bit uh, under under two hours, so we don't have to go too much longer. But if you guys ain't got anything else, uh, any any other comments you guys got? Hmm. We don't have to force it. I mean, if you don't, no, you I'm don't, just trying to think. Like, we can do either talk about the only only other I had to talk about was the we talk about the Harriet Tubman thing. Yeah, I was gonna. I was. I was. I was gonna. Maybe segue into that a little bit. So, 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 so Delvin, you you brought it up, so you can actually uh, give us give us a good explanation. We can go forward with it. Let me find the exact article. I want to I want to get the bank correct because it's um a black bank, one United would, Bank. Okay, there you go. One United Bank thought it would be a good idea for Black History Month, which is a it's a good idea, but the concept's a little flawed. They wanted to put some black history on their new bank cards for a limited time. So who else better to put on their bank card but Harriet Tugman? But there was a little bit something wrong with the picture. One, <laughs> Otis thought and likes to join the truth. It, it was a mix, <laughs> I thought. So, so that tells you it doesn't like Harriet Tugman. <laughs> and two, I didn't know Harriet Tugman was about that Black Panther life holding up the Black Panther symbol. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> thought that maybe when she was helping slaves get free, she was just yelling Wakanda forever. But this bank thought it'd be a good idea to have Harriet Tugman do the Wakanda forever sign on their bank card. That was so, some bad, some bad public relations. So, public so here's the thing. Here's the thing that kind of irritates me about that just a little bit is I was like, okay, let me look this up because there's no way that they, you know, purposely were like, let's have her do the Wakanda salute. Like, there's got to be, like, it's got to be something, right? I look it up. This is a quote from um, the president of uh, One United Bank. Oh, they, they're the, this person, it says Terry Williams, T-E-R-I. So I'm wondering if it's, uh, it might be a woman. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but um, he or she said, it's actually the American sign language gesture for love. Wakanda also got it from that. Now, <laughs> now, if you are a black-owned bank and you want to put Harriet Tubman on your credit card and you put that picture on there, why, <laughs> why would you think that people are going to go, oh, man, Harriet Tubman's doing the sign language for love? <laughs> like, Bruh. no. If, and you black, I, so you know, you know it looked like the Wakanda I, shit. 
out of ten people that have seen that, nine point nine said it was the Wakanda symbol. I bet. I, I would man, bet. Yeah, I'd say you can raise that. You can raise that same uh, <laughs> that same uh, ratio and be like, if a hundred people saw it, ninety nine of them is gonna say <laughs> it's the Wakanda salute, and the one person that's gonna say it's the American Sign Language thing is a de- is a random black deaf person that you found. And even right. then, they're going to be like, well, no, it's probably the Wakanda sign. Like, why would they put some sign language shit on the credit card? Like, okay, so even, then, a de- even a deaf person would probably say it was the Wakanda salute. Because so, <laughs> so it just love, makes more sense. In, in addition to that, I mean, Harriet Tubman was not the most uh, uh, attractive woman in our history, and we both know. We all three know <laughs> yeah. that. But that picture looks so fucked up, dog. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not expecting them to make her a fucking glamour shot, but bruh. Yo, dog, that picture oh. looks terrible. Terrible. All I gotta say is this: white people probably looking at that shit right now, like, ain't no way we putting this motherfucker on, on our bills. This shit ain't <laughs> happening. <laughs> if this is how we do it, her, there's Man. no way we can let her go. No, you know what's funny though? I feel like white people are probably like, this is what black people will like it. Let's put the Wakanda and then just say it's the like I feel like it was the Wakanda symbol and then they just tried to play it with the uh the the death symbol for love. no fuck that no no one thought that that was an afterthought to justify the shit no yeah fuck there's that. no there's absolutely no way you can get me to believe that a room full of black people were reviewing this picture on this card and was everybody in the room was in agreement that it was the American sign language gesture for love. And no one in that room was like, you know, it looked like the Wakanda salute, right? Like, I'm telling you, there's no way that didn't happen. Not a room full of black people. There's a room full of white people that made that card. Then I'll be like, all right, maybe they just didn't know better. And they were just like, or they, or they figured the, the, the sign language thing was more recognizable, but it's a black bank. There's no way every black person has seen black Panther. (laughs) They make Chadwick Boseman do that salute all the time. Like, there's no way they did not know that that was the Wakanda shit. And try to be like, oh, it's actually this. I wish it wasn't. I wish it was a sign language for something different to where they couldn't, they couldn't even lie about it. Like, if it was a sign language for, like, fuck you or something like that. <laughs> so then they couldn't lie about it. But since it just so happened to be love, they were like, yeah, we could say it was sign language. They should have nah, just dog. put the caption love on top of it or something. And then it would be a little bit more believable. But no, not at all. I'm just baffled how bad this picture looks. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. really bad. Terrible. Zoom, zoom in, zoom in on it, and it looks like it looks like when they when people show pictures of mummies that they just exhumed. That's what it looks <laughs> <Yes>. like. <laughs> it is surprisingly bad. I am baffled by how bad this is, and, it, and the fact that it's made by a black bank makes it worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that picture. They need to take that. They need to go back to the drawing board. That shit's fucked up. And I thought it was a mix between Harriet and Sojourner Truth, so whatever. Um, yeah. But she wasn't really a nice-looking woman either, but whatever. I'm happy that they, <laughs> they helped us in our in, in, in our black history. So, you know, I'm not going to give... I, I don't want to be cursed for uh, for talking bad about our, our, our good ancestors, so I'm going to leave it at that. Well, oh, man. Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman can do everything. She can do everything she did for the black community and still be ugly. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not taking away from her accomplishments. Yeah. It's not taking away from her accomplishments. No, you have, to be like, you're absolutely she right. Fine. You're absolutely right. She don't, I mean, our, our ancestors do not have to be uh, nice looking. They just, they did some cool shit. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't yeah. have to say she lie and say she's fine just because she did some stuff. Like, you can, you can, 
You can be honest about it. It's fine. She had she all probably, the feelings. She probably knew that. <laughs> <laughs> she had all the feel, niggas. <laughs> I was about to say something dumb, like, why every picture I see of her, she looked mad? But, I mean... I mean, it was I slavery. It, I mean, I guess fuck, right. That's why, that's why I didn't say it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, why she look mad? I was about to say, why she look mad in all these pictures? I was like, oh wait, yeah, that's why. That's why. <laughs> Bro, it used to be, it used to be this meme I used to see of her. Somebody made of her, uh, of Harriet Tubman, dude. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna try to before we, before we end. It was a meme. God damn it! I wish I could find it. Uh, fuck. I'm not gonna find it, so I'm not gonna hold this up. Uh uh God damn. I'm scrolling through my phone to look at, it, but it was some uh some weird meme that had her name and ah fuck. I can't I feel find like it. I I feel like if you remember it, I'm I like I feel like it's something that I know of too. Like I feel it like was, I remember seeing some funny meme with Harriet Tubman in it. Ah oh, fuck. I can't find it. So never mind. We're just gonna we're gonna end on that note. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, randomly, I did search Harriet Tubman meme, and I'm like scrolling through, and there's Don't one that has a, right now. There's one that has a picture of her where, well, all her pictures look the same, and the caption was like, "Well, why Harriet Tubman looked like she about to drop the hottest mixtape of 1865." <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, man! I used to see that fucking meme all the time. I feel oh, like I know what you're is. talking about. Here it is. <laughs> It's, a, it's it's the one where like she's holding a fucking uh uh not a uh, a pipe and it says four years for your bachelor's I work sixty oh, yeah. for my masters yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that <laughs> yeah that's the one <laughs> that should not be funny but I swear I've laughed so fucking hard at that goddamn meme anyway <laughs> we're gonna end it at that hey Delvin give all your deets for your uh podcast yeah man just check out the Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on our podcast. Say thanks for having us. <laughs> I'm so used to being on your shit. Uh, thanks for being on our podcast, man. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, if you you can find our um, our podcast on any other streaming network, you uh, you stream your your uh, podcast. Uh, you can email us uh, what up the podcast at gmail or find our Twitter at what up the podcast or or you can find our Facebook page what up the podcast as well. Um, and so then catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.